Hello Defenders podcast listeners, this is Claire. Um, Just a heads up um, that this episode has been released slightly late, uh, actually more than a week late due to sickness, um, as is explained in the recording that you'll hear. Um, Also, this episode was recorded uh, just before we found out that Daredevil uh, season four had sadly been, or Daredevil show, sorry, had been cancelled. So you will hear reference in the in the episode to us saying that season four of the show has been pitched. At the time, we didn't know that it had been cancelled, sadly. And I think that's it. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the episode. The Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Tammy. What? Where's Will? Where's Will, Tammy? What have you done with him? He's off having a life or something weird like that. Yeah, how dare he? How dare he have a life? Uh, I, I also think he's not going to be here next week because that's how much of a life he has. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't remember. It's either next week or the week after or something. Yeah, he's just out painting Portland red, apparently. In honor of Daredevil, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Haha. Uh, so we, so instead, uh, sorry, Will, but we're having Ladies Night on the podcast because we've got two awesome guests. And as you guys listening might have noticed, no, we didn't have an episode last week. That is because both Tammy and I were very sick, and one of our guests had no Wi-Fi, so we uh, delayed a week. Um, but luckily, uh, Elizabeth and Christine are joining us this week. Yay! Yay. Thanks, guys, Thanks. and. Um, Thank no, thank you, and um, and big props to Christine because <laughs> you are now in a completely different corner of the world. I'm in Tokyo to where you were last week in Tokyo at five thirty in the morning. Yes, that's my dying dedication to Daredevil and this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> As you go, you'll be like goodbye. Yeah. I love you, Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, right, well, uh, we've got a little bit of news, because um, obviously we didn't record last week, and last week the big news obviously was about uh, Stan Lee passing away, yeah. sadly. We um, we did have a request by one of our listeners to change our sign-off at the end of the episode yeah. to sort of mark his passing. We usually sign off with his catchphrase Excelsior, which means ever upward. Um, and so we've actually had lots of listeners uh, sending in their Excelsiors. And if you listen at the very end of this episode, you will hear everyone's Excelsior um, just in honour of uh, Mr. Stanley, who obviously without Stanley and his, you know, the work of his colleagues, then we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Sure. We wouldn't have a show to talk about. Um, so it's very sad that he passed away. Obviously, he was 95, yeah. I believe. Um, he'd been ill for for quite a while um but you know he had a good run and he sort of worked right up until the very end by the sounds um so yeah so tip of our hats to mr stanley yes uh in other news uh so regarding daredevil on the 17th of november the showrunner for season three eric olison tweeted that he uh, was pitching season four of of daredevil to netflix as far as I know, there hasn't been any news since. I no. did have a look 
So we don't know if it's been picked up or not, but fingers crossed. I do think it's significant um, that he's even telling people that he did that. I mean, yeah. just put it out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think, I mean, honestly, and I know there's like, there's been so much discussion going back and forth online about this. Like, what does this mean? What is this? And then you have people who are like, you know, tracking social media. It's like, oh, it's down, it's up, it's whatever. You know, it's like, oh, and there's viewing stats. They're not official, but they're viewing stats. And like, mm. there's just so much. And I think, honestly, if it's, if they're not going to do a fourth uh, fourth season, I would assume it's down to honestly politics. It's not going to be down to viewing numbers. I'm, I'm, you know, that's yeah. just my my sense of it. Um, but that's just me. But I think um, I'm cautiously optimistic. Me too. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of the reason with Luke Cage and Iron Fist was um, politics as well, yeah. even though they. Um, particularly like Iron Fist didn't have the viewing figures yeah. that the other shows do. But Netflix, you know, it's only in sort of recent years that they've started cancelling stuff at all. They're yeah. kind of notorious for not yeah. cancelling any of their shows. Um, so I think maybe it is politics and with the whole thing, you know, with Marvel developing their own streaming yeah. um, or Disney developing their own streaming. Sorry, I think it's all linked in with that, yeah. but we'll have to see. Right. The, uh, yeah, I think that so, one oh, reason God. they might seriously want to keep Daredevil, though, because I think... It was like one of the Marvel or uh, uh, Netflix executives who was talking about these shows are ours to cancel, which apparently ruffled some mm-hmm. others with somebody at Marvel. But anyway, uh, but there, there, there's like if they want to keep do, doing them, they can. And of course, the fact that you know Disney's out there and that Netflix is now probably wisely starting to cancel things. I mean, there are some things that honestly should have been canceled oh, yeah. a long time ago on Netflix. It's like. Why are they re- like? Why does this get a, a new season? But but I also think that that Daredevil, from what it from appearances at least, uh, is actually a genuinely hit show for mm-hmm. Netflix. Not just in terms of like it's it's good for a Marvel show. It is genuinely one of their most watched shows. Is the feeling I'm getting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Hope for the best. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, so talking of the Disney streaming service, there's been rumors in the last week that one of the other shows they might be developing is a spin-off Rocket and Groot show. Mm. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> like one of them doesn't one of them doesn't talk. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Like, is it going to be I mean, it's going to be CGI, maybe because it would be very expensive. I, d- I don't I don't know. We'll have to see. But that's been rumors. Uh, also, speaking of Guardians, um they obviously haven't got a director yet for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but the latest rumour is that Travis Knight, who was the director of Bumblebee, which is the new Transformers spin-off film, and the director of Kubo and the Two Strings, which is one of my favourite films from the last few years, uh, he might be directing. So that might be cool. Um, and also they're developing an Eternals movie, and that will is due to start production at the beginning of 2019. And uh, Chloe Zhao is to direct, and she is sort of an indie director. She directed a film called The Rider. So it's kind of interesting they're getting, like, an indie director to do that. I, You know, and it's good that it's a female director as well. And that's all your news this week, guys. <laughs> Unless I've missed anything, which I might have. I often do. So this week we are discussing episode six of Daredevil season three, The Devil You Know. It was written by Dylan Gallagher and directed by, ready ready to clap, guys, friend of the show, Stephen Sergic. Yay. <laughs> uh, 
always get some applause. Uh, so the description of this one is, Driven to the edge, Dex loses his way until he's offered a lifeline by Fisk. Matt comes to Karen for help, which she agrees to give on one condition. And episode seven uh, is called Aftermath, and it was written by Sarah Stryker and directed by Toa Frazier. And the description, which I can read in full now, um, but I didn't want to spoil you guys last time, is <laughs> the press crucifies Daredevil after the attack on the bulletin. Because that's, that's kind of spoilery for a Netflix description. Yeah. And Agent Nadim suspects the FBI paid too high a price for Fisk's cooperation. You think? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> when they start bringing all of those nice things into his, you know, supposed prison, you think, yeah. hmm, something's not right here. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, when the first... Okay, so let's... Oh, God. When the first people got shot, <laughs> I think that was... <laughs> Seriously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's the kingpin. Like, yeah. don't trust him. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Matt first, then. Um, so, I mean, we start off with a lot of Karen stuff, but uh, uh, when we first see Matt, he just appears at a window yeah. <laughs> in a black outfit. <laughs> Um, which always makes me think of whenever we sort of just see him appear, there's an advert in the UK uh, for some chocolates called Milk Tray. And there used to be a character called the Milk Tray Man and he would dress in black and just uh, creep into women's bedrooms and leave a box of milk tray. That's <laughs> And I just, every time, it's just a bit creepy. I've got to try and find the ad. Um, but every time I, uh, like, when I saw this, I was just like, oh, milk tray man. <laughs> just like he's going to leave some chocolates and then swing away. <laughs> Um, Did you notice when she yeah. talked with her to uh, confront whoever it was that she heard knocking around in her in her apartment? No. I think it was the toilet lid. Like the toilet what? What's that? Yeah. The second time <laughs> I looked at it, I was like, what is she holding on? And it looked like a long white thing. So I think it was the uh, the, t- the lid of the tank of the toilet. <laughs> because if you think about oh, it, no. in the yeah, bathroom and you hear a noise, yeah. what else are you going to yeah. pull that would be heavy enough to uh, cause damage? Yeah, that makes more sense. Well, no, Karen, she just get her gun out. <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant like the lid that folds down on top of the seated portion of the toilet. <laughs> like, she just gonna, wrenched it off of there. Yeah, it's going to have like, I don't know, uh, like a little fuzzy. Oh my God, that totally carpet. is what it is, Melissa. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, obviously he's there to kind of explain what's happening and um, Karen's not really having it. Uh, and this is when Matt tells her about Fisk, uh, his stabbing being set up, and he wants Karen to get the story from Jasper Evans, but she says no. Um, so, yeah, he's still turning up to, you know, his old friends and being like, hey, I'm alive. <laughs> I need stuff. Yeah. No, I'm not apologetic. <laughs> I need stuff. Give me, give me, give me. Yeah. Uh, so next time we see Matt, I think is... When when do we see him? We don't see him for a while, actually. Let me have a look in my notes. I haven't read these notes for a long time. Yeah. Oh, it's when he's talking to Karen in the next scene. It's when uh, she goes to find Jasper mm-hmm. and goes to this um, this kind of yeah. house that he's staying in. But it's when she's attacked and Matt is clearly just watching her and waiting for something to happen because as soon as it does, he jumps out and beats these guys up. Yeah, and it's like Matt. Matt, why? Like, why didn't you step in, Matt? Like before that, what's happening? <laughs> but and it's, it's hard it's, to tell. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. It, it's just um, I remember when I first saw this, 
I was, I was kind of, I was mildly annoyed that, because I was, you know, I was still kind of operating under, um, sort of the understanding that like he actually asked her because she knows and he doesn't because he doesn't have like a computer he doesn't have, like honestly she she mm-hmm. found that information really fast like it was in a database that he would have had access to if he had had a computer but i'm thinking like he's like living downside in like a church basement and i thought it was actually realistic that he would know where the guy was and then apparently he did and uh, which kind of annoyed me because he's got this trend sort of going, and I'm not spoiling anything by saying this, where I, I feel like, and he does, kind of does this in, in, in episode 7 too, where he is the only character who just like magically shows up places. Like every other <laughs> yeah. character, you can kind of track where they're coming from, but Matt's like, how did he, like, how is he there? Like in, in episode 3, when, when um, uh, Ben Donovan is, like, gets inside his car, and Matt is already there, and I'm thinking... How did he get into inside that car? Like, I'm sure he could yeah. you know, open up a car door or something, but how does he know that's Ben's car? So he, he's got this he's, little He's habit developed of, magic powers. Yeah, and, that, and that kind of annoys me because everything else about this season is, like, so freaking seamless. Like, But he's got this mm-hmm. just ability to, beyond his abilities, because I don't know how we would use that to be, like... I would imagine, like, he could smell Ben Donovan's car, like, maybe sniff it out. But even so, he'd have to wait for him to, like, open the car, you know, the car, uh, the car from, with his, like, uh, a, you know, like a beeper kind of um, car key and the sneak inside and, yeah, whatever. But it's a kind of, I kind of got the same feeling here where it's like, okay, sure, he could have looked that up. And he was just asking her because he well, wanted to make sure she'd show up. But it's still, it's part of this pattern where Matt just like, oh, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you get that exactly. what if he heard ben donovan's audiobook playing in ben donovan's car because we've established that ben donovan loves his audiobooks and he's listening to harry potter series so to matt's listening to all the cars and car then with the car not being on <laughs> yeah yeah when he's not even in there <laughs> um also the you know the other the only other explanation is that when the building midland circle collapsed and it basically crushed all those dragon bones and Matt briefed them in, and they granted him dragon powers or something. I was yeah. wondering what the <laughs> dust would be. <laughs> yeah, all these people over New York are getting dragon powers because they're breathing in. Well, Karen said that, or as- like the next block over, we're yeah. having respiratory problems, so maybe that had something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> they start breathing fire, all these people. Like, yeah, I was having, like, I was really wheezy, and then I just started breathing fire. It's really weird. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... (laughs) Um, Matt makes a joke here about killing Fisk, and Karen's pretty shocked. Yeah. Well, there were two things in this scene that I thought were interesting. Um, One was that he uh, immediately knows what she wants as a deal, and I was like, does that mean that he was following her and Foggy when they were in the car earlier? And then what does that mean for the conversation that she had with Foggy earlier that he probably doesn't, isn't supposed to know yet? So mm. I was wondering, when did he exactly start following her around? And how much has he been listening in? Yeah. He was he was hanging underneath the car. <laughs> and then the second thing was uh, when they're um, offering the, the Jasper guy a chance to get away. Uh, if he does this interview and gets recorded um, confessing to what had happened, and uh, Karen threatens to put the story anyway if he doesn't do it, and um, Daredevil looks kind of shocked, <laughs> or Matt looks kind of shocked, 
<laughs> and, I, and you know he can read her heartbeat, so you know that that probably yeah. means he wasn't lying. <laughs> she is going to run yeah. regardless. She's, of course she's not lying. She's, you know, she wants to do all these crazy journalistic things all the time. You know, like when, which, where, where was it in which season where she's like, oh, oh, in Punisher when they get the letter from Lewis and she's like, oh, we should just reply and not give it to the FBI. <laughs> and Ellison's like, no, we have to give it to the FBI. Mm. Why? It's a ter- it's a terrorist threat. She's like, no, but uh, no, Karen, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, so uh, in the next time we see Matt, he's in his little crypt layer and he's dressing in his suit. Mm-hmm. And Maggie visits him with some clean socks and they talk about uh, talk about Karen. And Matt says that they are just friends. And I wrote in here. Maggie is the bizarro stick because stick is the one who's like, don't have relationships. People are bad. And Maggie's like, no, have relationships. You need people in your life. She's bizarro stick. Yeah. <laughs> I liked how she was uh, admiring the fact that he was wearing a suit, <laughs> like a human being. <laughs> yeah. Like obviously she didn't see earlier when he was pretending to be foggy and wearing a suit. No, yeah. no. Yeah. I love, I love as well that when we see um, him later on, when he's fighting Dex in the bulletin, he's still wearing the suit just under a hoodie. Yeah. So I was like, oh, he's now ruined that suit because he's going to have blood and holes all over those yeah. those trousers. He'll have to sneak back to his apartment past the FBI yet again. Yeah. Get another suit. Because he didn't have many suits left. I, like, it looked like his, his uh, closet had been pretty, like someone's obviously been packing a lot of the stuff he had in there. Because there were only like three suits left and like a couple of shirts. And three canes. <laughs> that was it. That was three suits, it. three canes. <laughs> He's going to have to start rationing his, yeah. his clothing. My favorite uh, yeah. My favorite part about this scene was uh, th- where he actually cracks a joke and Maggie's, like, shocked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a sense of humor. I can't believe it. But- we get another, like, little sense of humor bit in the next scene as well, where we see him where he, he gives Foggy the new wallet. I thought that was adorable. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, wallet. you can you can see all all of this where he's decided he's made this decision where he's going to go ahead and turn himself in, you know, as once Jasper goes ahead and and mm-hmm. uh, says that Fisk is behind everything. And we now get to see a lighter mat. It's like a weight has yeah. been lifted, even though he's going to be turning himself in. Yeah. And then we know, obviously, that it's not going to last. Well, no, of course not. Because, as we said last last episode, like, I can't remember who it was, who said, hasn't he been for enough? And I'm like, clearly you don't read Daredevil comics, because whenever things are going well for Matt, then you know it's all going to go wrong. <laughs> he fought Mephesto. Come on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Not one of my... this, this moment, though, between him and Foggy, it just made me like, I want Nelson and Murdoch back. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I've got like well, I've got my uh, as as listeners might know because I put it on the on the social media. I have a, at home my dare table, which is my table that is just um, covered with images from Daredevil comics over the last fifty years, and right in the middle at the top, pretty much, I have that. Um, I can't remember what issue it's from. I think it's I think it's Frank Miller, and you'd probably know Christine of like Matt and Foggy hugging, and I just yeah. need that. I need I need that relationship back. Yeah, and oh. I think. I, um, one thing that that's interesting is that I mean this is episode six. It's the first time that Matt and Karen have met since the sh- since the season yeah. started, and this scene with him and Foggy it's actually only their second scene together, and you can just yeah. tell like I mean because I have this uh, 
this one segment when I do my reviews now that I, for the season where it's like, where's Matt's head at? You know, that kind of segment. And you can tell how much he's progressing just from like the last time they met in the bar, which was another one where he just shows up. Like, was he following Poggy? Maybe mm-hmm. he was, but we're never going to see that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, where um, uh, just the, how weird he is in that scene and how much better, like more normal he appears to be in this scene mm-hmm. in episode six. And again, and I just like, you know, someone needs to write a backstory for how he bought that particular wallet because it's a cheap house wallet. I bet he got it. <laughs> it really like, is. Yeah, maybe he just went to one of those like um, places that sell newspapers on the on the street or something. Like, do you have wallets? And it's like, yeah, we've got this shitty stuff. <laughs> like, it's in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Did he have any of the leftover money from the previous wallet in his pocket? <laughs> and he used that to buy it? Yeah, probably. It'd probably be like, well, this wallet definitely doesn't smell like leather. Um, so, mm. it's a pleather wallet. So, Tammy, it is totally a pleather wallet. <laughs> Tammy, are you are you happy with Matt being a bit lighter? Because obviously, you're yes. a bit like, oh, yes. Matt. So much happier. So much happier. Although he has a mope later in the episode. Yeah, the I, episode. I don't mind a mope every once in a while. It's when, like, the entirety of the episode, or I should say episodes... Is him just being mopey, Matt. It's like, uh, okay, yes, your life is shitty, but guess what? That's what your TV show is. So just, like, get past it. <laughs> because, uh, I, can't. I spent decades waiting for him to get less mopey. <laughs> <laughs> Consider <Yes>. the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we got it at the start of the Mark Wade run where he's like, I'm going to be happy. Yes, well, that was finally yeah. a re- so nice to see in comparison to like the decade before that where it was just like oh my oh seriously yeah. so and, depressing yeah and i don't need him to be happy but like sad sack matt is just it's there's no movement there there's no moment forward momentum and so it doesn't have to be like mm. happy forward momentum it could be angry it could be that he's actually doing something about it yeah but, like, the first episode and a half, I would say, of the season is, like, there there was no movement. There was no momentum. It was very, like, one note, um, mm-hmm. which was just the note of mope. And that was it. I didn't mind that because it, it gave him somewhere to move on from. And since he had... Um, lost to Electra the second time, had an entire building land on his head. <laughs> I mean, he was broken in all sorts of ways. I was okay with that because, um, I mean, you wouldn't get over it right away. And when people do just shake things off and then just move on on TV shows or movies, it, it makes it hard to relate to that character. So that I didn't mind, but I was glad to finally get to the point where he was getting to be lighter and actually yeah. joking around with mm-hmm. people and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, I- in mind when he was just angry and fighty and, and an asshole like I'm okay with mm-hmm. asshole Matt too it was just I just needed him to move on and I felt like ha- and maybe it was because that first season of the episode was so much of him and we didn't have as m- many breaks to see what the other characters were up to yeah mm-hmm. I think that's kind of why it felt like the pacing or something was just very slow to me and I was like all right can I I need to like if I could forward this episode, I would just fast forward this episode. But you know, but I like it's it. Funny, now. It's really funny with that it. episode because it it seems like um, people either like I'm 
I like the first episode, but I don't like love it like some people do because I see some people online who are like have who have the first episode on repeat, and then wow. there's like the other half of the crowd who's like, okay, so the first episode is like yeah whatever, but you know like they did love it, and then they were like yeah okay, so in episodes like three and four things really start moving, so people are so divided on the first episode. I kind of find that that's, interesting. That's funny. Yeah, it's not like I hated it or anything, but it was just like, especially now compared to as much yeah. as I've watched of the season, I'm like, no, the other episodes are like so much better and we can still have emotion, but it's varying emotion because as a human, you're going to have varying emotions. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, it was just a lot. But I'm, I mean, like I said, I, I'm really enjoying a lot of these other episodes, so. Nice. For me, I really liked uh, the fact that they were introducing Maggie and stuff, too. So oh, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. to develop both those characters and their relationship with each other. I love Maggie. Me, too. I'm so glad to have her yeah. show. One thing with so Maggie, funny. though, speaking of, like, the scene where, I mean, yeah, Matt p- puts on the suit and goes to meet them. And she's happy that, or yeah, she's happy that he's uh, he's seeing his friends again and everything. But then in episode seven, which I guess we can also talk about because it's also on the show, uh, sort of when when he lashes out at her for like you, like he suggests that like she pushed him into yeah. reconnecting with his friends, and she agrees with him. And I'm like, what scene did this happen? Like she, I mean, yeah, I mean she's been mm-hmm. encouraging him, but he, this was all him. You know, or maybe there's like they had a conversation that we don't know about. But I found that that to be pretty strange. Like I still like I've watched this season like you know, I guess three times all the way through, and the first half I watched like four or five times. I guess we're just doing the the review portion, and I'm still like, what exactly is it that she's copping to here? Like what? When did she push him to do something he didn't want to do? Like I cannot find a single case of it. But they're having this conversation as if she were the one who told him to go meet Foggy and Karen. So. Well, mm. in the first couple episodes, she was trying to ask yeah. him, do you have any friends that I could call? Shouldn't you be going in and staying yeah. with somebody else instead of in my basement? So those, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> <laughs> those kinds of things kind of, I took it as those plus her encouraging him when he finally started heading that direction himself um, was what she was copying to. Oh, okay. It wasn't really overt it was just she did a couple times say oh, don't you have anyone else that you can <laughs> can go bother right now uh, maybe you don't have any friends that's yeah. a good one <laughs> yeah I, maybe you don't actually have any friends yeah um yeah maybe so and i, I think honestly uh, it's good to hear you say that because that puts another you know kind of perspective on it but for me it just seems seems like okay sh- sure she was you know pushing him in that direction but it's not as if he's going to – Matt Murdock is never going to do anything he doesn't want to do. So when he finally yeah. does do it, it's still – I still read that as 100% him, and oh, regardless of what she's been telling him to do. you know. Oh, yeah. He was not in – it was not right for him to be lashing out at her. He was just in pain and, and angry, and, and so he said things yeah. he should. Yeah, okay. But that makes sense to me now. Thank you. <laughs> so the like moments in this episode where – and I want to know like what you, what you guys think about this, particularly um, Elizabeth and uh, Christine, obviously as long term fans. The moment in the next time we see Matt, which is because obviously he hears this noise going on in the bulletin and goes in there, and we first see him in this in the middle of this fight when uh, Dex throws the uh, baton, the billy club, towards Foggy, and Matt catches it in midair. Mm-hmm. 
that little moment, I I cheered because <laughs> I yeah. yeah, it was just so daredevil. It made me so happy. Yeah, uh, yes, it, it's very daredevil. I like. I actually kind of like that scene with that portion of it for other reasons. It, for me, I mean, because you know, I'm I'm all about you know daredevil senses and everything. And I love how when he catches it and he kind of flips it around and feels it and knows that it's mm. like, this is my billy club. Uh, yeah, he's figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the way he just sort of like, whoa. You know, he's got that, it's that look on his face when he realizes what he's up to. Because I think, and I think they do it really well, because it's not like he's going to walk into a room and it's like, that guy is wearing my suit. <laughs> Uh, he, he kind of gets there sort of gradually and I find that actually very interesting and they do it really nicely so yeah yeah I like because they can't show it like in a in a comic and I love the way that they they sort of show it slowly and yeah. working it out this fight is amazing yes like it it, it's incredible yeah uh, at one point like you know when he's Matt's hiding around one of the corners, yeah. and then De- Dex That's Devil, something. as I've called him in my notes, like throws. Like, is that is that a snow? Glo- is that the snow globe? Because later on, he like throws a snow globe, and I think Matt catches it, and then he throws a pen, and the snow globe like smashes in Matt's face. It was something really big and heavy. Yeah, I love that that ricochets around the corner and hits Matt in the face. Uh, I don't remember if the. So you're saying there were two snow globes, or? No, I thought it was the same one, and uh. then that's why it was on the floor, and they picked it up. Oh, oh, I don't, um, I don't remember. Then, I don't know. I remember him yeah. uh, stopping a snow globe from hitting him by um, stabbing it with one of those paper stabber things, but mm. I don't. I didn't notice if it was the same one from earlier. I mean, I don't didn't notice if what he got. I thought he was hit by a ball. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was a ball then. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, that sounds more possible to me. I love his fighting style, like um, Dex Devil. Mm-hmm. Like bullseye because it's so different to how every other character fights and I love it. Yeah. It's just with these, like Matt has not faced anyone like this before with just all these projectiles. Yeah. You can just hear them like and the bit where he reaches his his sort of hand into the light to grab something and then he immediately yeah. like obviously bullseye has just seen him. Yeah, it's it's so cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he gets like he gets full on. Um, he gets like a pencil in his leg. Yeah. And obviously he gets the the scissors in his shoulder as well, and I was just like, ah. Yeah, I think it was a pen. And they and then and then he stamps on them. Oh. Yeah. It's so horrible. Well, I found it was interesting how uh, Matt's style is very up close and and yeah. Has to, so anytime that he's at a distance, then Dex is at an advantage because then he can yeah. throw things at him. But anytime they're close up, mm-hmm. then. Uh, Matt is at an advantage because he can actually do all the punching and stuff. So yeah. it it was interesting how the balance of power kept on going back and forth depending on how far apart they were during the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extremely hard so Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> what did you think of this fight scene, Tammy? Um, I really liked it. The whole thing though, where he ends up with the scissors in his like shoulder. I just am like, the show is trying to kill me with this. Like, just fucking take it out of your shoulder. Like, it's just walking around with it. And it's just like, oh my god, please just take it out. Just take it out. Stop walking around with this weird scissors out of your shoulder. Have you ever... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, no, but overall I really liked it. And I was like, I, I, you know, what was the... Obviously, the first thing was that, like, club thing that 
he realized that was his. But how does he figure out, like, that that's his suit? Like, does he smell things? And just some of the times when maybe they get close enough where he punches them and he feels it. Like, there's, I, I just wonder, like, what exactly, how does he realize for sure that's his suit? Well, he does ask the guy, who are you? And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I assumed that that was where it out, but that was probably it, why. It's quite late. Yeah, I would say it's quite late. Like, it, like yeah. you get, the, first with the Billy Club, it's like, what is this? And then I think, yeah, it, it does. I mean, that then would maybe make him, like, sort of focus on his attention on Dex even yeah. more. And then there's, like, um... Uh, no, this would be a mild spoiler. <laughs> then don't yeah. say it. No, 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 no. It's, it's just, honestly, it's like, there, there's a theory, you know, about recognizing suits that I would oh. still suggest, even though they're, you know, and, and, yeah, which is, I guess, later confirmed. Uh, other people can understand what I mean. But, I mean, yeah, like how it's not like he go, walks in there and like, oh, he's got like, oh, little pointy things coming out of his head. Like maybe he yeah. can kind of just get that closer up, but it's like, it's not. And I, there's also the scene that I'm actually going to devote an entire post to this one scene <laughs> uh, that it, that is in um, uh, uh, in episode four when he goes to his apartment and he just stands mm-hmm. there and it takes him, I, I counted it, it takes him 25 seconds to realize that there are stacks of mail. On his coffee table. Yeah. And I love that. Because that's, that makes 100% sense to me. Because he doesn't decipher a scene in the same order as anybody else would. And uh, and I think that's significant. And I think it's the same kind of thing here in this scene with, um, uh, with, with Dex. Except, in this case, he knows to focus on this person. Because he has his attention. Yeah. Now that he's tried to kill Foggy with a, with his own billy club that is like okay you got my attention <laughs> but it but it's like I love how they like how his experience is layered differently than everybody else's and that this season really does a good job of that so yeah it's yeah. a long story yet. He, he picks up on th- other things much quicker than other people but I love that there's certain times where yeah he wouldn't pick up on something because he's not picking it up yeah. visually which tends to be how um, most people who are sighted you know get their first impression um, so Matt, um, gets sort of knocked out and, uh, Karen helps him when he wakes up and then he immediately asks oh. how foggy he is. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, oh. My heart. <laughs> and I hate that she starts with like, no, no, no. Instead of, oh, he's fine. You know, like, I mean, I know she's saying no to his worries, but it's like, no, 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 he didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It started with a little more positive word than no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is when Matt is like limping through the printing press, hiding from the FBI and pulling pencils out of his legs and scissors out of his shoulders, and Tammy's throwing up all over the place. You know those scissors that are like have floral designs all over them. <laughs> I, was, I would have died laughing if those scissors were those. I actually slowed it down to pause it just to double check, but no, they were black and orange scissors. So, yep. oh, they were like a little pair of safety scissors. <laughs> it was just those those uh, crazy ones that have all of the flowers and they're super girly. Um, it would have been hysterical if he, <laughs> he was walking around with them impaled in his shoulder. Sorry, I have a weird sense of humor. That's right. <laughs> Um, well, at least if they start Nelson and Murdoch again, they've got some of their office equipment sorted because <laughs> Matt's brought it with him. Yeah, Talk about a workplace injury. 
Yeah. We have scissors and we have a pen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so back in the crypt, Matt is arguing with Maggie. And we spoke about this this scene yeah. a little bit because he's blaming, he blames himself for Jasper's death and he also blames Maggie. And she admits that she made things worse, which is like, well, he's a grown, he's a grown man. He does I, what he wants. I will, I will say this, you know, not knowing the future or much about these characters, but only things that have been hinted at is that this conversation between the two of them and him taking his anger out and her taking it as feeling guilty and taking that blame reminds me very much of a son mother relationship like a parent child oh, that's relationship. interesting yeah. tammy i know yeah. isn't it though? but it, <laughs> but you know like um and maybe it's just because i'm working with people now that are in recovery and i'm working with family mm. and friend members who are in recovery and it's like a lot of the parents that I am working with tend to take on this guilt that they're the reason their kids yeah. are, or the children are doing this, even though obviously these adult children are adults and they're making their own choices and their own decisions. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with these family members, but the parents take on so much of that guilt. And, and to me, that's what that argument sounded like is she was almost she just felt like no matter even if she had said just the slightest thing or encouraged the smallest thing that that then became her fault it was just Mm -hmm. very interesting that's all (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure it will never come up again don't worry yeah i can't imagine that coming up nope I mean, why would it? So weird. I'm currently winking at Christine and Elizabeth. And we're both being very quiet. Yeah, exactly. Well, so my- I don't know, and you guys do know, does that sound accurate? <laughs> or interesting? Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, so, <laughs> Maggie suggests tracing where the copy of the costume came from. And when this came up in the show, when I was watching the first time, I was like, oh, Melvin! I was so excited. Because, um, obviously, it's going to be Melvin. So when we see Matt next, he's approaching Melvin. And we can talk about Melvin and, and Betsy here. We finally get to see Betsy, who is not what I expected, because she's not really like Betsy from the comics. No. I was um, <laughs> Yeah, but I like her. I really like her. I also point out that this is yet another uh, scene where Matt just shows up somewhere, and I'm like, how does he know (laughs) where Melvin lives? Because, remember, Um... he he actually (laughs) tells him, uh, or, I mean, it could be, honestly, if Melvin's apartment is that, that's where he lives, and it's, it's like, it's listed, and you can Google it, then I'm fine with it. Like, honestly. Like, I'm 100% Mm -hmm. fine with it. But... You know, if it's, why would he be in the phone book? Or maybe he is. I don't know. Well, they don't have phone books anymore. But, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. But it's and yet another scene with just like, oh, and there's Matt. Like, how did he get there? We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else has seen, like, everybody else. You can track their movements or use very, you know, not challenging logic to deduce where, where it's coming from. So, sorry. Just, a, just something I noticed. <laughs> maybe he stopped yeah, cool. in I mean, the first season and knew where he lived. Because his his uh, yeah. studio had moved, but not necessarily his house. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if that's that's where he lives, and he still li- yeah, because it's not this studio. Well, it was his. Yeah, how do they did? Was his studio? His old studio was burned down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they burned it down. Exactly. So, 
but now I'm trying to figure out how they got from there to the new studio. Was that near, like, was that in direct connection he, to where he was staying? Yeah, I don't know. So Melvin burned down his old studio so that he would yeah. never have to make anything else for, for the yeah. Kingpin. The Kingpin forced him to do it anyway and built him a new studio. But in the meantime, yeah. he had nowhere to live in between. So I'm assuming that this is the same place that he lived when he had the old studio, and that's how Matt found it. Yeah, and it would be listed surely if yeah. he's um, on yeah. uh, uh, parole and everything. Just listed, but it's just like, you know, if it's if it's not, then there, he's got some explaining. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we haven't gotten to that part yet, but the person I thought was Betsy was the lady that was stuck down um, in the secret room. Stuck down in the secret room. The secret Who room um, under where uh, Wilson Fisk has all the. Uh, the, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, she has a name, doesn't she? I can't remember. Yeah, her name Mrs. Is. Someone or other. But I, yeah. when I first saw her, and it, it seemed like she was kind of changed to that computer. <laughs> I mean, not that she <laughs> was, but I was like, hmm, is she in a wheelchair, or is she in uh, just can't leave her area because she's stuck there, or what's going on there? And I thought she was Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> Until they said her actually yeah, we should we should say in the comics Betsy is in a wheelchair. No, she's a wheelchair user. Is she? No. Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm sure she is. Betsy? Isn't she? No. I'm sure she is. No. Oh. Are you might think you're thinking, think you're thinking then? of Becky. No. I'm thinking of Becky. Oh. I get those two characters mixed up all the time, and I always thought they were the same person. Me too. So that's probably why. No, no, they're two different people. <laughs> No, yeah. Betsy is his social worker in the comics. Yeah, well, I knew Which, that. of course, doesn't, I'm doesn't thinking include of her Becky. being in a wheelchair, but, but to my knowledge, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Becky was working for Nelson and Murdoch, yeah. I thought she was Betsy. And oh. that she had had a change in jobs, and so instead of working as her as his um, his his contact, instead she went into uh, the law end of, of things. So I thought it was the same person. <laughs> yeah, nope. <laughs> Too many Beckys and Betsys, because there's also Betty Brandt from Spider-Man. Is that her name? Yeah. Yes. Too many Beckys and Betsys and Bettys. Yeah, too many. Take it for the Get world. rid of them. <laughs> Get rid of them all. <laughs> uh, so I love, love, love when Matt approaches um, Melvin. Uh, Melvin is wearing the little Gladiator T-shirt. I was like, oh. And this is the closest we get to him becoming Gladiator, I think, in, in this season. Well, um, throwing all of those saw blades. Oh, the little saws. Yeah, definitely. Very, very Gladiator. And rightly, Matt is angry at Melvin, yeah. you know, and is like, how, you know, what the hell? Um, but then I'm worried because Matt says that he's outgrown what the red suit stood for. Yeah. And I'm like, no, Matt, I love the red suit. <laughs> So he's going to wear cut-up nun's habits instead, apparently, because yeah. that's what he stands for. I find, the, I, I find the use of the word outgrown kind of strange in this situation. It's like, it's, it's, as, if it's, it's as if he's saying, like, I've matured beyond, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't do Halloween costumes anymore. Right. Like, I only do stuff made out of nun's habits. But, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's not really that he's outgrown it. It's that, I, and I mean, Charlie Cox has said this in interviews, it's more a, a case of, like, I don't, you know, I, I can't, almost as if he doesn't really deserve it. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a weird way of putting it when he says he's, he's, he's it. Yeah. being very masochistic. It, it's yeah. more like it's outgrown me. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm now a little boy. Well, when he decided to not wear that costume anymore in the comics, like quite recently, I mean, he did go for that that look that I'm really not a fan of, of the red suit and 
red tie and red shirt and like buzz cut ginger hair. Yeah, like, like, oh, so, God, I mean, that, that's when, seriously, that's when the Wade, Wade uh, run, which is still one of my favorite runs, and the portion yes. of it that, that, you know, from before the whole fighting, fighting crime in a freaking business suit part, before, like, mm-hmm. I, I still love that run so much. After that, I do as well. I just like, hate that look. I, I was like, after that, I was like, when I when I saw that when I saw the preview and then I saw the comic and I saw how he acted in that in that uh, that particular comic, I was like, there was a sense of revulsion that just like I I barely finished reading that run after that. I was just like, what the actual fuck? Sorry, sorry. Like it's still yeah. Like- Tammy just I know Tammy loves all the fashions, so just imagine Matt Murdock running around in a red bright red business suit with a red shirt, red tie. Oh. Nice. And a and like a very short buzz cut, a big white cane, buzz cut kind of ginger hair. There you go. Yeah, but yeah. but I mean that was like the I mean that that the whole thing that they did at the end where he like you know comes out of the closet again as, as Daredevil mm-hmm. and he's like oh I'm just gonna live openly now. I mean that that's ruined the comic ever since. Like I've I've barely mm-hmm. been reading the Soul Run. It's like Daredevil's yeah, unreadable to me for. Uh, well, not unreadable, but it's like I read it like I do my homework. Like I, I stopped reviewing it like two years ago. Like that, and I mean, wow. mm-hmm. and I, that, and I'm a huge Daredevil fan, obviously. But and, I, and that's never happened to me before. Where it's, I'm like, I'm barely freaking reading it, you know. So I'm so glad they're changing re- uh, creative teams because I'm like, how it can't get worse. And it's, mm-hmm. on, it's mm-hmm. not even on Soul so much because he's a great writer. I read his She-Hulk run; it was fantastic. But it was yeah, everything it was, that happened great. that, and then he had all these things. And things needing to be put back and things needing to be, you know, walked back and reversed. And it's just freaking ruined, like, the logic of the character. And, and with everybody forgetting, and, and like, no, like, I, I can't even wrap my head around it. It is just awful. Mm. I'm sorry, it is awful. And then they also draw an awful radar sense and, and they do sensory stupid stuff. But that's just on top of, you know, the illogical things. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so, same time. Rant <laughs> over. Rant over. <laughs> Right. The entire series has been peaks and valleys for me, and like I said before, that like basically the '90s was a giant valley. Well, we're in a valley right now. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, we are. Yeah. And, uh, we'll have another peak. Yeah, I just have been kind of like, all right, well, I'm just gonna keep going and hope it gets better. And I, it just sometimes years go by, and you yeah, just keep yeah. clinging to that hope. Yeah, that's it. It, it will, it will get better. We, we have to hope. Yeah. Us Daredevil fans. <laughs> Uh, so I have in my notes that when Matt arrives at the workshop, oh, oh, what a twist. Melvin locks him in with the extra suit. <laughs> what a twist we did not see coming. Yeah, and then we get this really this awesome fight scene. lock he's got. It looks like it, it should be solid. So rubbish. Just open, yeah, it's a crumble. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, he rips it apart like it's a piece of liquid. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. This fight scene, like... And I'm not going to spoil anything that happens later in the in the season, but this bit where like Melvin picks Matt up and rams him into the his back into the ceiling. Uh-huh, yeah. I was like, I think he would have a broken back. Yeah. <laughs> he had an entire building no fall on him. I don't think that's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's true. Um. I love him as well, uh, Melvin, using the circular saw blades. Yeah. Very, very gladiator. It's very cool. Um, I've that one. Yeah. And Matt uh, sneakily hides while Melvin is arrested. Oh, yeah. And then we get, 
Betsy, which is the new Nadim. That can be our, yeah. our new one, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Melvin. Yeah. So Matt heads back to the crypt and washes his face and his hands. And Fakie Fisky is back and taunting him about feeding Melvin to yeah. the FBI. Yep. So Matt is having a mope again and Tammy's having a mope as well because she's sad. <laughs> Uh, so the last thing we see is that uh, Matt goes to visit um, uh, Nadim and appears. Betsy. And uh, he goes to warn Betsy first. Oh, he goes yeah. to warn Betsy first. Sorry, yeah, uh, goes to warn Betsy first, and uh, she totally calls him out for being a cold arsehole. Just and like can this. I just point out that this is another Matt just appearing someplace kind of scene. Has he been <laughs> following Betsy all day after that? Has he been listening to police radios? Uh, I mean, how did he find her? She's just out on the job. Seriously. I think he has like, um, I think Matt, after he went to St. Agnes, Uh he went to Hogwarts and he learned how to apparate (laughs) and he just goes, apparate me to Betsy. And then he just goes and he appears. Right. Because it's like, he just kind of appears from almost from above. You know, like he's still, he's already in, it looks like a blind alien. He's like in there. I'm like, Betsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, how did, how did you know? I mean, she's in a, cause that's the thing. She's in a car. He's not. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just know. putting it out there. <laughs> like this is one of the extremely few storytelling issues I have like all this season, but it's, it's there. It's like the one thing that's like, what? Yeah. But never mind. <laughs> Well, New York City's only three blocks wide, so you just had to go around the circle a couple times. Exactly. <laughs> New York is just, yeah. I mean, all this happens in Hell's Kitchen, exactly. which That's is the only like, thing. like one nobody block. nobody ever leaves Hell Kitchen, I'll, Hell's Kitchen, I'll buy it because Hell's Kitchen is not very big. <laughs> it's like in Luke Cage, everything happens in Harlem, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's only a tiny, it's not like the whole of New York, yeah. it's just this tiny bit. Everything happens in Iron Fist in Chinatown, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and then the last scene is when um, he goes, appears to Nadim and tells him that uh, he believes that uh, Dex Devil is FBI. And Nadim's like, keep talking. Hmm. And, can I point and that's out, the last can time you point out, um, This is also actually kind of a plot hole because it's a sensory plot hole. And I'm, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I haven't written this re- review yet. So it's like you're getting a sneak peek here or something. You're getting it out of your system now. It's yeah, good. Yeah. No, but um, <clears throat> remember how in episode three he walks around the hotel and he actually has a conversation with Dex? Mm-hmm. He knows what the guy smells like and what he sounds like. And considering the visual appearances shouldn't throw him because he's not, he doesn't see them. Uh, mm-hmm. He... If this had been the comic, I would, like, I mean, it's generally understood that, like, he recognizes people by uh, heartbeat, which is kind of silly. Like, it's doable, but it's sort of, it's only the kind of thing you would come up uh, come up with if you forget that people have a sense of smell that can be heightened, honestly. And mm-hmm. people, it, like, writers have been forgetting that for all through Daredevil history. It's like, his sense of smell, come on, like, they're overdoing the hearing, they're, like, way underdoing the sense of smell. Um, but there's still this sense like he, he can smell people apart and he recognizes people by smell and that's how he recognizes people. And uh, so he's actually, I mean, he's met Dex before. He's, you know, heard what his body sounds like. He's heard what his voice sounds like and he's smelled him up close. And there's no sense that he recognizes him at all in the bulletin. Mm-hmm. That yes. I would say. It is a minor plot hole. Yeah. I would say maybe it's because when he was in the hotel... 
like he really wasn't in his right mind. Like that's when he was really hallucinating, like fakey fisky. Maybe that's it. But well, if you take it that he knew which car was the lawyer's because he smelled the lawyer walking by, yeah. then you can <laughs> say he... No, he heard the audiobook, Elizabeth. Come on. <laughs> and it turned all off car. All I'm saying is in the last season of Daredevil, he heard papers in a drawer. So I <laughs> there's no reason he shouldn't know who Dex is. Yeah, and actually, I had someone. You mean the one when he's with uh, Electra? Yeah. I actually had a friend, <laughs> yeah. I, a friend I was watching that with, who's not even a Daredevil fan. Just like, well, you know, paper has a smell, and I'm like, yeah, I'll go with that. I, I prefer that. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> that. <laughs> so that's what I'm going with. Like, he smelled the paper, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he didn't say that he recognized the guy, <laughs> an FBI agent. But I don't think Dex introduced himself with his name when he confronted him at the elevator, did he? Uh, no, 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 he didn't. Not at all, but he mean, I mean, he just he, asked for his ID. Yeah, but he, yeah, exactly. He asked for his ID, and and Matt would know, uh, probably that this is not necessarily that he's FBI, but he's a security associated with the hotel and associated with Fisk in some some way. So yeah. if he had, if he had recognized him, yes, uh, from uh, the the bulletin thing, and even just hearing his voice or something. And I'm not even, and I'm not even like saying, because I think that that kind of is overdoing like people, you can meet people all the time and not like, you know, recognize them vaguely, but not be able to place them. And I think that should be the same for Matt, even though he's like, Oh, there's something familiar about this person, but oh, where, it's like, where do I, where am I remembering this from? I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be totally mm-hmm. with that, but, but I think it is the fact that he doesn't like, it doesn't bring a bell anywhere for him. It's kind of a, a minor plot hole. Yeah, I agree. Something they just didn't think about, you know, like they forgot that he could do that or they forgot that that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. He, Cause the connection, the connection is then that Melvin told him, not that he figured yeah. out because he recognized the guy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. It didn't occur to me before, but definitely makes sense to me once you explained it. Fair enough. Um, who do we want to do next? Because we could do Foggy and Karen together. If there's any anything that... I mean, I don't know if there's anything really that stands out in these episodes. Yeah. It's basically because I don't want to talk about Karen really. Okay, um, okay. go Elizabeth, go. <laughs> <laughs> she wakes up in, at the very beginning of uh, episode six. Oh yeah, having confessed to Foggy, so now it's finally out there that someone besides her knows that she killed this guy. Yeah, that's true. And she and they they talk about it, and she says that she threw the gun in the Hudson. Yeah. Um, I do like the fact that she gets all emotional and she's saying she's telling Foggy that he, she wants yeah. him to tell her that she's a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. And he won't. Yeah. yeah. And he, but then she's like, I shot him seven times. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he <laughs> to explain it away as it was self-defense. And she's like, yeah, it was, would have been self-defense if I only shot him once. But it was seven times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she does say that she could um, have run away, but she couldn't really. I mean, we saw that scene. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, and she uh, <laughs> then obviously Matt appears to her. Um, in the black outfit and she mentions the rent to him yeah. and then I wrote in my notes Karen makes coffee but not in the sexy way <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it literally is just coffee yeah. <laughs> and even if there even if there was like if it, you know there are different ways to make coffee that's not sexual there are you know mm-hmm. that's still an unsexy way to make coffee because she microwaves it doesn't she <laughs> oh I know but microwave coffee karen gross <laughs> it's so gross um yeah, tells it about gross. her neighbor growing up and yeah 
Yeah. What just Yeah. Mr. Larson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Karen just enters in the middle of this meeting at the bulletin, as she does. Mm. Um, uh, oh, no, it is just a normal meeting, sorry, um, where Ellison is telling them all about their health care changes, and then she just doesn't listen and starts yeah. researching Jasper. Yeah. That was one of my quotes. <laughs> he made me laugh. What's that? Uh, what about health The health care one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was also wondering if he was, uh, he was talking about our illustrious publisher, and I was yeah. like, do you want to Jameson? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. Oh, it'd be so good. Yeah. Um, another little moment where I love Foggy. I don't care what Michael David says. Yeah, you know Michael David, that that Foggy hater out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where Foggy says that he thinks that Matt is hurting, so he yeah. says to Karen, and he wants to take the high ground and not bail on Matt because people have bailed him his whole life. He wants to be a better friend to Matt than Matt has been to yeah. him. I was like, oh, yes. Come on, Tammy. Your heart grew three sizes oh, I, in your chest, I didn't know. it? Yeah. yeah. No, and, and especially that scene. And I think someone was uh, there's like a, a GIF going around Twitter with that scene, and uh, and I, you know, I saw that and I was like, yes, this is comic book Foggy. You know, uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's here. Like I liked Foggy from the previous seasons, but I, I, and I, I can understand. Like a lot of people have been hating on Foggy for like, oh, he's just so non-supportive da, 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 da. but that's because they're thinking in terms of like you know comic book logic it's not I mean mm-hmm. in real life if your friend was Matt I mean you'd have issues with that. But, yeah but still, Matt's a terrible friend is a, he is a terrible friend and like he bails on his friends all the time um but um but I think here he's kind of approaching that extremely supportive Foggy that we know from the comics, who's supportive without being a complete pushover. And that's a, an important mm-hmm. distinction. Uh, and I think he's just um, he's just kind of coming into his own. And I think even from Foggy's story, like I think he he has had to know who he is without Matt and mature a bit for him to even be this good of a friend to Matt. So I think it's, it's part of his yeah. story too. And I just, I just love it. And, uh, and I'm also thinking like the difference when it, when they have that scene in the car, like the difference between Foggy and Karen in terms of how long they've known Matt. And she hasn't known him very long, really. Like, she, I mean, they are her only family really, but Foggy has mm-hmm. all this, like these many years with Matt where of course, even before he knew about Daredevil and his heightened senses and everything, and everything he still does, no more than Karen does about Matt's sort of general backstory and everything that's happened to him mm-hmm. and has maybe seen some of the impact that's had on him before. So I think he can start from a place of a little bit more empathy in the situation because he's got, he, he does have a, his story with Matt goes back so far and he's maybe seen other things that Matt's done or act or ways he's acted that that's just kind of, I don't know, informs his understanding of him in the present. So, but anyway, Long. Yeah, that's, that's true because I mean she has to ask Foggy where if he knows where Matt grew up. Yeah, and yeah. So obviously Matt, they have a closer relationship and knows he knows more Matt's backstory, like you said, than uh, than Karen does. She has to ask that question. Yeah. But I, yeah. the thing I thought was interesting was, um, and you already said it, kind of. I, I'll, I won't steal the quote, but he's talking about how uh, Matt always has people letting him down his whole life, and and so he doesn't want to be that type of person. And um, I was just like, oh, you know what? That's the theme of this season is yeah. finding out Matt's backstory of how many people have actually let him down and and what other people can do to kind of undo that or try not to make that affect him 
trying to get over it and other people trying to get past it. And Maggie in like two scenes yeah. later does the exact, yeah. says the exact same thing. So I was like, Oh wow. That's really yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 It's true. And, and Jack and stick bailed on Matt by dying. And so did Electra. Well, <laughs> <laughs> stick didn't stick left him first and then he died years later sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, yeah. a, and the dad didn't really do it on purpose although he could have avoided it but yeah i think stick it, people compare stick and the dad um dying both as the same thing and it's really not <laughs> stick, oh, it's really not it's really, yeah. really not i mean the dad was trying to uh i mean yeah you could argue that okay he he shouldn't have risked his life because he was the only support for matt yeah and, of the kid, but at the same time, he was trying to do the right thing and trying to get away from being a, a illegal person and stuff like that, and trying to yeah. be a good, positive influence, um, even though it backfired badly. <laughs> Whereas Stick uh, went out of his way to uh, try and train this kid, and then as soon as he started to get it close, that he, he pushed him away and left, and then, uh, which was interesting because those previous episodes when they had young Matt in the orphanage and he's all grumpy and stuff, it, it's just like, okay, yeah, that's probably almost directly because of Stick <laughs> leaving yeah. him yeah. so that he gets abandoned twice. Um, but then Stick, like, he keeps coming and then disappearing again, and coming and disappearing again. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, he did die and that was sad, but comparatively speaking, he'd already left numerous times before that, so their deaths couldn't really be compared. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. It's more of an, uh, you know, uh, a, a real abandonment. Like I'm leaving you. I'm walking out. I'm not dead. I'm just yep. choosing to walk away from you. And I'm, I'm gonna crush your little ice cream bracelet in my fist. <laughs> the choice to leave is the big thing there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, and even and Electra too. Even though she came back, she also just left suddenly. Uh, I mean, she reveals herself to be a more sinister character than Matt had anticipated, if you look at, you know, what happened in the backlash yeah. mm-hmm. in, in uh, season two. Uh, and after that, she walks out of there and just leaves him, too. So she also was someone who came back, but she left him. <laughs> so yeah. it's got a lot of... Uh, and I think also, like, I, I I don't know, I part of, part of, I think, part of the reason he, Matt also attaches himself to people who have already abandoned him once. Like I'm thinking stick Electra, like when they come back into his life, like many, many years later, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, he's got this weird sense of, you know, very low sense of self-worth that, uh, like a normal person would maybe be, you know, less willing to let someone like that back in. And it's very mm-hmm. nice that Matt's very sort of he's willing to be give people the benefit of the doubt and to forgive people. I mean, he's got a you know he can forgive anything almost. But it also is I think part of the, his thing with with Electra and of course I I have very kind of you know I feel very ambivalent about Electra as a character both in the comic and maybe primarily in the show because I I don't think. Um, I, re- I genuinely don't think she's good for him, but I, I can understand that yeah. part of the appeal for him is that it, it, it sort of makes it easier that like she's already left him one time, you know, like she's already, it, it kind of, I, I don't know. It's just like, he already doesn't think very much of himself and it, it just, it's something familiar to him mm-hmm. in a weird way. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this, <laughs> but, but, but there's something like like the unhealthiness of it makes it easier for him 
Yeah. Or maybe they'll stay this time, and maybe I'll get it right this time. Yeah. Um, right. And well, also, uh, it also takes the pressure off you. If you've already had someone walk out on you, it's like, I mean, yeah, it, there's also less for you to screw up. Like, if it happens, I don't know. It's like it takes the pressure off of him. Because, I mean, he's got this, I think he's got this view of his other friends as being just sort of these kind of elevated beings that they're only there for, he doesn't genuinely deserve them and he's afraid of getting them hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he and and he doesn't really fully see them really as having their own agency even. Yeah. Whereas I think these other like Stick and Electra, maybe because they left him, he's like I don't know. He can relate to them better even though they're not being as kind to him. It's just yeah. I mean, but then they're, they're, also, they're not regular people either though. They're both in yeah. Camp. Sure. So he doesn't have to worry about them prote- having to protect them because they can protect themselves. Whereas Foggy and Karen are regular people that can get hit by a flying baton and get killed or, well, actually that was, a <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> I was intending that to be, so you have to catch it and not have it uh, hit them. But, uh, yeah. anyway, uh, but the, um, so he's more protective of them, but there's also probably in the back of his mind, someday they may leave me too. So how much can I open up to them? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor Matt. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah. That would be frustrating to have yeah. to deal with, though. <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah, seriously. So, uh, Karen, we get this scene with Karen sitting in church, and she's approached by Maggie. I love that. Uh, and, love that oh, she approaches Maggie, sorry, and asks about Matt. Um, yeah, you love this scene? Go for it. Go for it. Me? Oh, no, we hear yeah. about what a tough kid he was. Oh, no, I, I, loved, I loved it. And I think uh, the, the thing that struck me, the most about it was when, when Maggie talks about how he would scream at night and then the one time she didn't come, he stopped. Mm-hmm. That's yes. just like, oh. uh, yeah. Following yeah. on from <laughs> saying about abandonment issues. Yeah. 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 It's like, okay, so, yeah. It's like, okay, so you're another person I used to trust who's not now off my trust list that's growing ever shorter <laughs> each yeah. passing day. Yeah. Seriously. <clears throat> Although it is kind of There's sad. barely anyone on his trust list. It was a one-strike-you're-out sort of scenario when he yeah. knows that she's taking care of all these yeah. other kids, too. Yeah. But if you're a kid, you don't think logically. You think about, yeah. you have betrayed me, so therefore I am not going to forgive you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, at the beginning of the scene, I thought it was sort of funny how she was, like, super hinting about Matt being Daredevil. <laughs> Where yeah. it's like, Karen didn't already know. She'd probably figure it out after the beginning of that conversation. Yeah. Particularly as Karen's a journalist, you know? (laughs) She'd be like, huh, okay. When she was talking about how she was reading about, uh, reading Karen's articles about Daredevil and stuff, I was wondering if she meant the article at the end of season two, where she was talking about Mm. all New York. That's what I figured, the hero one. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, we're New Yorkers, we're heroes, or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, What do you guys think of this scene where she goes into sort of find Jasper and pretends that she's looking for a hit. That's interesting, uh, Tammy. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially since we start the episode off with Karen with pills surrounding her everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just like next to her bed, in her, in the cabinet, in her bathroom. Like, I swear the amount of pill bottles that we saw earlier in the scene. And then, yeah, I was like thinking, she plays this reasonably easy to come in and look at for some drugs. <laughs> well, 
Well, she knew all these buzzwords. Mm. I was like, I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> what the heck yeah. is a teener? I don't know what a teener. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know what a teener. I was like, what? Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm assuming it's to somewhere to stay while you're taking yeah. the dog. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like a very, 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 very cheap hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, I'll oh. just take that corner over there and like lean into it while I'm unconscious and pay you yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very, very sad. Yeah. Yeah. She does a she does a good a good job at doing this, um, maybe a bit too good. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> we should talk a little bit about Nadim as well because we get a, a scene with him and Tammy's favourite character, Tammy, yeah. and um, where Tammy tells Nadim that his promotion is cleared, uh-huh. um, but he is there to sort of tell tell her about Foggy and the other witness being Jasper. Yeah. Um, but Tammy believes it's a bluff, Tammy. Explain how, your other Tammy's actions. How how dare I? <laughs> <laughs> how dare you, Tammy? Why would you think it's a bluff? I mean, I guess she's got... Well, okay, so there's a couple things that I thought of. I was like, is she, like, in on... Like, she evil? Are we going to just learn that she's evil? Because that stinks. Because uh, I just like the idea of Nadim having someone at his side who actually, like, believes him. So I kind of was like, hmm... I think she might be bad. Uh, Tammy, not all Tammies are evil. It's just you. No, yeah, it's only me. But yeah, so they, so I thought that. And then the other thing is like, well, okay, but in her job, she probably has to think of all the options as well. So I don't yeah. know. It kind of also seemed like they were trying to argue themselves into being in a good light. Yeah. As opposed to, mm-hmm. uh-oh, wait a minute. What did we do? No, no, it can't be that. It can't possibly be that. No, we're okay. <laughs> also, Nadim got promoted and he didn't know about it. <laughs> so yeah, that's crazy. I was like, dude, I know you're busy and all, but <laughs> Well, usually the managers tell you when you get the promotion. You don't just find out by yourself. Yeah. yeah but it was just weird because it was like, it was almost like she assumed he knew. And I was like, well, how would he have known if you didn't tell him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's old uh, Jimmy in I don't know the mail room told him. Yeah. That's how, that's that's how everyone learns everything. <laughs> gets around. He's a real gossip, that Jimmy. Dex told him because um, he had helped out Dex earlier <clears throat> by telling him some secrets. Yeah. yeah hmm. I love 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 this scene where Karen is holding the gun and she's trying to protect Ellison yeah. and Jasper, mm. and Dex comes in. And well, first Foggy comes in says, and says, they both freak each other out. Yeah. yeah. Ah, don't shoot me! <laughs> well, particularly as Foggy's just heard about her shooting someone seven <laughs> times. Like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. He's like, don't, really, don't shoot me, please. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I love this scene where, you know, where he gets sort of right up to her and disarms her and punches Foggy and then just completely like stabs i can't remember i don't remember what he throws at ellison but stabs him and it's, it's just it's so creepy yeah. he's so creepy yeah Jackson. again i love karen's reactions actress is awesome i yeah. just have issues with karen <laughs> well i thought it was interesting yeah. where he pretended to know karen because he knows that karen knows the real daredevil so yeah he was just, yeah oh, karen nice to see you again and she's like oh who the hell are you <laughs> Yeah. You're not someone masking an English accent. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then Karen and Foggy are watching the footage of the shooting and being questioned by Nadine about why Daredevil greeted her. And she says, that's not Daredevil. Uh, she blames Bisk. Yeah. And one of my favourite, favourite shots, uh, not for not for good reasons, uh, in, in this episode, just because I think it's so sad, is the table with all the phones in the back. Oh, I, oh, I know. That's oh. <gasps> and that yeah. made me think of... Um, uh, it made me think of the news we got about the um, the Pulse um, yeah. shooting Tammy yeah. with all the phones, just yeah, the noise I, of all the phones. My, it's just it's so hot, yeah. chilling. Yeah. yeah. Like my note for that yeah. scene is I was complete like I felt sick, like I felt sick yeah. and just nauseous. Yeah. When we saw yeah. those phones. It was so disturbing. Yeah. I don't like saying it's like one of my favorite scenes because. It, it makes me feel sick seeing that scene, but I just think it was... Impactful. A very exactly. impactful, I mean, that's I, the I word, yeah. I think it's totally okay to say, to have a favorite scene that's that's extremely upsetting, because it because it made you feel something very strongly, and I mean, that is yeah. what a good scene does. And I think to bring that sort of, that, that real-life element into it, because I think it also reminded me, I think I saw the, uh, which was also on Netflix, the uh, the Paris Attacks, uh, mm-hmm. documentary that's like a three-part documentary or something and I think there's some mention of it there too which of course in this day and age you know you have a bunch of dead people who mm-hmm. you know and you have phones going off of course after at some point where like word has spread that something has happened and you're in this like yeah. sea of mm-hmm. dead bodies and it's like the everybody's trying to call their loved ones so it's become this sort of you know this element of, of any any sort of major disaster like that 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 happens and that's how we contact people these days and it's just and to have yeah. that you know you see the text messages and oh yeah very heartbreaking mm-hmm. it flashed back to September 11th me <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, I um yeah it, it I think it reminded me of Pulse more just because it's more recent and we definitely heard more about the phones in the news yeah. and I don't remember hearing that much or, or hearing that much about like, you know, the phones and stuff with September um, the 11th, but also I was in the middle of the Australian outback when that happened. So I wasn't seeing the news as much mm. at that point. So all the lines were overwhelmed because of all the people that were calling yeah. to Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I imagine it's... And I was one of the people yeah, calling it's... people to check on that. Oh. So, oh. Yeah, there was a lot of busy... Yeah, yeah, and that's not what you want to hear either, <laughs> like, no. just a busy signal, because yeah. it just makes you worried even more. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Marcy calls Foggy, because she loves him. Oh. oh. And Karen leaves for the hospital to go and see Ellison. Oh, first of all, Foggy finds Marcy asleep with her phone. Oh. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. they, she wakes and holds him and they then goes him onto the couch and they have sexy time. <laughs> I love that. I love, it. I love that. I, I, I honestly, I love that scene. And I was thinking to myself again, how is it that Foggy gets way more action than Matt? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, how, like, yeah, exactly. It's totally the opposite. I kind of love it. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And then afterwards, um, I, I love Foggy and Marcy. Brilliant comedy and comedic moment, you know, when, when it's over. And it's like, that was great. That, that, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, sorry. She's like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, your no. death sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he asked her to marry yeah. him. Yeah. 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 
And I like that she's like, no, not, not you know. Yeah, not a bit. Yeah. Not a good, good plan. But she didn't say no. You're feeling she unsettled. She said she wanted it to be for real, not just because he was yeah. freaked out, almost dying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he um, tidies up this paperwork and sees something that shocks him. Yeah. And we knew that was going to happen when they focused on that handbag falling off the sofa. Chekhov's handbag. <laughs> Uh, so Karen's at the hospital and she hears Ellison talking to this this other woman, um, but he says that he doesn't blame Karen and he asks her to write down everything she knows about Daredevil. And because she cannot cloak her, her shit, uh, he realises that she knows who Daredevil is and asks her outright and she yeah. doesn't tell him. And this is the first time I think we've seen Ellison really lose his temper yeah. and it was amazing. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Um, and I like this twist on, because obviously they are really heavily referencing the Born Again story. Mm-hmm. I like this twist on Karen knowing the identity of Daredevil in a, in a different way. So yeah. it's not her that lets the Kingpin know, but I like that it still features yeah. in this this version of the story. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah, basically taken cool. place of, um, oh, what's his face? Uh <laughs> Ben York, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Just being the reporter that knows who he is but can't say, and if anyone finds out, then they're going to be thinking, why is he yeah. covering up this giant story? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, it's great. I love it. Um, so we get a scene with Nadim. He heads in to talk to Fisk, um, and he's angry when he sees all of Fisk's luxuries because yeah. Fisk has now got all these amazing things in his apartment. And he finds Fisk in bed reading, and he says, Nadine says that Fisk reminds him of Jiggy, a yeah. heroin dealer. I can't remember that story, though, but apparently a heroin dealer called Jiggy. Yeah. And he asks Fisk directly about Jasper, but Fisk sends him away. I, That's a pretty hardcore, seeing as, you know, he's the FBI agent, this is the prisoner, and Fisk is, like, sending him away. Yeah. I just, like, he looks like he's in front of, like, the wallpaper of the Haunted Mansion. It's great. I know you were yeah. saying about this wallpaper. I, so tell us about this wallpaper. I just, that's just that's it. I and I actually love this scene. I love how relaxed he is in bed after we know he had to like go running up the stairs to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like chill in bed with this fancy wallpaper behind him. That I swear, like the design is straight out of the haunted mansion at Disney, and it's it's all just great. I loved it. <laughs> he's so calm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he's so calm and chill. The comparison with Jiggy was very accurate because he was the the story was yeah. that guy in the neighborhood was doing favors for people and everyone thought he was such a great guy, but then it turned out that he was um, he hid drugs in the the car and house of the people that he Oh, that was it. To. Yeah. Was and it. so then they ended up being arrested and he wasn't. So this is very Wilson Wilson yeah. Fisk kingpin kind of sneaking around behind the scenes mm. kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we have a little scene with uh, Nadim later where he's trying to get uh, copies of the video where Fisk was stabbed in the prison, but is not having any luck, clearly because the warden is obviously been paid off, I guess. Um, And he has a surprise party for his promotion um, in which Seema is angry because he lied about the attack on the bulletin and she's worried about what the job is doing to him. I was going to say, also, are they putting in a pool with the money he hasn't quite earned yet? I think so, yes. It does me so much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It does me too. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it bugs me, but I think it, it is an interesting <laughs> character flaw for, yeah. for Nadine. Yeah. Like, he wants to be there for everybody all the time, including his son, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's very unwise. It's like, don't, yeah, don't spend money you don't have on things you don't strictly need. <laughs> It's a good, good, yeah, good piece of advice. But it's like it's it's something like he wants to provide, and he wants everybody to be happy. And then even though it makes his wife, who's much wiser in the sense, unhappy, it's I, I guess it's a compulsion of his, and I I think it's an interesting yeah. character flaw. Yeah, I just think what a better lesson your, it would be for your son to say yeah, we don't I have agree. this money right now, so yeah. <laughs> we can't afford it. Guess what? Yep. There's other things that are more important. <laughs> yeah. Like like your aunt not having cancer anymore, you know, that kind of stuff. Us <laughs> <laughs> being able to pay our bills and get yeah. out of the red. And yeah. then, but in the meantime, you can find things to do for fun that doesn't cost any money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they really spoil that kid and it really irritates me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is because you are a good parent, Tammy. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, we skipped over something. Okay. Karen crying in her car. Oh. Oh yes, Karen crying in her oh, car. Oh yeah. Burn her parents gave her. Her dad gave her. The yeah. Oh, I forgot about yes. her ringing her dad. Yeah, yeah. That's a very yeah. That scene was heartbreaking too. Oh. Yeah. Maybe we shall find out more about that. Yeah. Maybe. Wink. <laughs> guys. I mean, Tammy, you didn't see that nope, wink. Okay. Nope, I didn't see it at all. You saw nothing. She has to come home, and he literally says no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she can call. Oh, that's harsh. And yeah. then when she's trying to tell him what's going on, then he's just like, uh, well, that's what you do is make things bad. And yeah. Yeah. When you do the right thing. And then he hangs up on her. Yeah. Yeah. It's so horrible. I, I, I'm currently hanging out at my parents' house because I'm, I'm house-sitting. Um, the idea of just being that, like, distant from my family, I just kind of, I don't know. I can't imagine it. Uh, it broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's no one can hurt sad. you as much as your family can hurt you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The people yeah. who know you the best yes. are the ones that hurt you the most. Yeah. Well, I'm a um, terrible person and I laughed. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> See, all, all Tammies are evil. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, because like, the line, I think. Yeah, when she says, she says, I was just trying to do the right thing and it all went wrong. And he says, that's what you do, Karen. And I just busted out laughing. I was like, damn. Yeah, it's kind of true. It's kind of true. Meanwhile, it was breaking my heart. (laughs) It's supposed to. You had the correct reaction. (laughs) When he said that, I was like, it was kind of true, Karen. Like, if my parents. Apart from your, like, editor of the you know whatever i think i would yeah. die a little inside if my parents pulled that on me <laughs> yeah oh can we jump back for a second there was something that we didn't really talk sure. about that i thought was sort of interesting um back when matt was uh was kind of blaming sister maggie for having encouraged him to get his friends involved and stuff and mm-hmm. it wasn't really her fault and she was taking blame for things that she really didn't need to she was saying suggesting that he step aside and heal and let someone else take over the fight and he's just yeah. like no no this is my problem and I was wondering if, um, I mean, if he did step aside, would that be his issue? Would that be a Luke Cage yeah. issue? <laughs> like, yeah. who could step in if he actually did the smart thing and let himself heal before jumping back into the fight? 
Well, I do still wonder Consider why where Luke Matt Cage hasn't. Ended up. It, it would be. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then he would be the ideal. I, I do wonder why Matt hasn't rung up Danny and gone. Uh, I thought I told you to look after my city. <laughs> Where are you? Right. And Danny's like, Oh, sorry, dude. I'm uh, I'm across the world. I'm in Japan. Sorry. I got this really cool gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't come back to look after it, but I'm going to send Ward. He's really awesome. You'll like him. <laughs> well, Colleen's taking care of it. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, you should call Kalina. Yes. Uh, okay, let's talk about Dex yes. uh, and Fisk together. So we first see um, Dex in Tammy's other favourite scene, because I know Tammy loves seeing people... Um, uh, you know, tossing and turning in really sweaty sheets. Thank oh, you, Tammy. So <laughs> <laughs> I knew this. I knew this would gross you out so much. The, like the, these sheets are like soaking wet with sweat. It's so gross. Um, we see inside his safe in the wardrobe where he has all the guns, and he listens to Doctor Mercer's tape. And then his alarm sounds at seven minutes past seven. Why, <laughs> Dex? Seven minutes past seven. What's going on? Lucky seven. Seven oh seven. Maybe. I thought that was a strange choice. Seven oh seven. I don't know if it's an Easter egg or not. I haven't checked. I, but it seemed like a weird time. I will say that I love that it's an upside down frame that we get of him when he gets. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Unlike when the I, I, um, and I got nauseous, I did not enjoy that. But this one, where it was just <laughs> an upside down frame, I could deal. <laughs> Yeah, I like that as well. I love the way we um, we have Dex kind of filmed in this episode, particularly the sound design with that buzzing. It's like a like a bee buzzing, yeah. like in his head. Yeah. I, I love it. It's yeah. great. In the scene where we see they're bringing all these bits and pieces in for Fisk and he's um, putting on a, a white suit with a black shirt, um, I like when he's picking the cufflinks. We see his father's cufflinks among them. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. Just like a little nod back to those. That was really cool. Yeah, because I, I, I did actually, I didn't notice them at first, and I wound it back to check. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. They're, they're right there. Um, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, I zoomed in. Uh, <laughs> I was like, don't pick them up. Don't pick them up. <laughs> Dex enters work two hours early um, into the little sort of FBI camera room and is watching Fisk. And then he asks this a woman to get him coffee. While he feeds Fisk. Why do people keep falling for this? <laughs> Why does... What, like, stop... Dex keeps saying to people, oh, go and get me some coffee. Get yourself one as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll just watch Fisk. And then he just runs in there and starts talking <laughs> to him about stuff. I'm like, no, but <laughs> stop I, I falling for this. I think it's kind of code for... Like, I, he, his colleagues know that he, he's he been having a, you know, rough few days. <laughs> And I think uh, I think they're just kind of like they know that he may be doing like really weird stuff while they're gone and they don't care. It's just like, you know, an honor code or something. So mm. I'm kind of OK with it because I think they know what they're doing. Uh, of course, they don't understand the full extent of it. <laughs> Not like that. But it's sort of like, <laughs> dude, if you want to like if you want me to look the other way, I'll do it. But it's like they know they're looking the other way when he asks them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. OK. All right, I can I can go with that. You would think the camera log would be showing a lot of really big gaps, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a minute, the lawyers didn't check yeah. in, but there's a gap here. <laughs> yeah, right. They'll be like, "What happened during this this time? These these ten minutes are completely blank." And then Fisk will be like, "Don't worry, I've got them on my <laughs> secret cameras." <laughs> oh, 
I wasn't meant to say that. Sorry. Yeah, that'll be funny. Uh, yeah, so um, he goes in, speaks to Fisk, and confronts him on getting Julie the job as, you know, was it a honey trap, mm-hmm. what was happening, and loses his temper when Fisk doesn't answer, and then Fisk just tells him about, hey, I murdered my dad when I was 12. <laughs> I'm... I complete. I completely understand you. We're, we're the same. <laughs> it's like whoa. Yeah. Um, and then he says, uh, "Society and Julie could never understand them. They would just punish us." Yeah. Um, and then when he's watching Fisk on the screen, we hear the buzzing noise, and then he hears that the New York Bulletin is reporting on the FBI's investigation into him. So Fisk is definitely trying to make him into his. You know, he's trying to, Fisk is trying to make himself the North Star for Dex at this point. It's interesting, the parallels, because the first season, the parallels were between Fisk and Matt. On, they're both mm-hmm. trying to save the city in their own way. And now mm-hmm. the, there's parallels between Dex and Matt in that they were both um, orphans growing up and, yeah. and trying to, and not having a family to raise them and trying to find their own way, the kind of thing. Um, but there's also the parallel between Fisk and Dex in that they both killed a father figure in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so Fisk is trying to, to uh, I don't know, cash in on the parallels that, that they could have there. But it's, it's sort of interesting how there's like two two different parallel tracks that are, are lining up with his third track in different ways. Yeah. See, I, yeah. I feel like there, there are definitely parallels between Dex and Fisk, but I don't necessarily know if I would consider them parallels so much as, there were a couple things that happened that were the same or similar. And Fisk is just telling him the information he needs to know to yeah. manipulate him. It's not yeah. necessarily mm-hmm. that I feel like their lives paralleled at all. It was just, they both happened to kill a father figure and Fisk is using that to his advantage because mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a lot of other similarities between the two of them. I mean, they're both evil, but yeah. You know. <laughs> That's that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, Fisk is milking the ones they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did kind of feel for Dex a little bit, not much, but a little bit (laughs) when he's in the office with Tammy, um, and he's told to uh, he's told to basically take time off while they're investigating the leak. Yeah, and Dex hands in his badge and gun. And he's sort of really like saying, you know, he needs all he's all he can hear is Doctor Mercer saying how he needs. This structured job yeah. i did feel for him then because i was like you know it's it's all being set up yeah. for him to do what fisk wants for him to completely crack yeah and he's being manipulated and i felt bad for him that he's being taken advantage of yeah you know but then later on he stabs ellison so i didn't feel that because <laughs> i love ellison well, was it? Um, and he runs into ray on as he's leaving and he's like totally zoning mm-hmm. out during the whole conversation while ray's trying to help him out yeah. Yeah, he's just hearing buzzing. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and he's he's sort of quite panicked at that point, but yeah, all he can hear is buzzing in his head. Um so then Fisk uh oh no, sorry, Foggy meets uh meets up with Nadine. I didn't mention about this and gives him his sandwich. I really love that little thing. <laughs> Maybe laugh. <Yeah>. <laughs> and he just says he's there to <laughs> to represent Matt. That's yeah. awesome. Um then Dex arrives home and he's sad and he has a bit of a cry and he takes his gun out from under the table and he hears Julie encouraging him to end his life and Mercer trying to uh, prevent him from doing it. Mm-hmm. And he's about to shoot himself, but the phone rings and it's Fisk telling him about, um, 
receiving a keepsake box from his mother, which included the hammer he used to kill his dad. And it showed him that she was proud of him and accepted him. And he says, I accept you, Dex, and I've sent you a gift to prove that I will never abandon you. <laughs> and then Felix turns up at that exact moment. <laughs> it's like, how is this all timed? It's very well timed. Yeah. Well, they, uh, like, was Felix on the phone outside? And he's like, right, he's, he's, I think he's got the gun to his, his chin now. Okay, ring, okay, boss, ring now. Quick, go. <laughs> well, the, uh, I will never abandon you thing, again, loops back into the parallels with, with, uh, people talking about how many people had abandoned Matt, and now they don't, oh, yeah. they mm-hmm. want to be the one person who d- doesn't abandon him. So I was like, oh, okay, here we go, yet another one. Yeah, definitely. Um, have we got any more notes for the bulletin attack scene? Just the um, fact that the FBI <clears throat> in, the, in the stairwell. Oh, yeah. In oh, yeah, yeah, FBI in the stairwell. So he has to fight his way out. Yeah. Um, now he that's the part Yeah, he manages to get out. He lied about his wife. Yeah. There after it was over. Not true. <laughs> yeah, totally not true. Yeah. But it, it, um, it did seem like he was restraining himself quite a bit in that. Like, he wasn't overtly attempting to kill them he was like tossing yeah. them out of the way and stuff so yeah they got mm-hmm. hurt but he wasn't like the people in the bulletin staff where he was just stabbing them to death yeah and if he wanted to kill them he could have killed them easily yeah oh, yeah. yeah like very easily uh so at the start of the second episode we see fisk's apartment full of all the paintings and tapestries and he asks um uh he asks his lawyer i think to get rabbit in a snowstorm for him but there is a challenge on the ownership claim. And I like this little callback to yeah. season one, obviously. Um, and this is when he enters his bedroom and uses his super secret stairwell to leave and enter his camera room, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. But what, what's, I don't even know, how did he get that as part of his deal that, oh, I get to, I, like, no cameras in the bedroom? Yeah. yeah, I didn't know how you got that as part uh, of the deal either. No, no. no clue. I would be more okay with, like, no cameras while I'm taking a leak, but, like, sleeping, no. I mean, you're a prisoner. We get to watch you sleep. <laughs> we should, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no clue about this. There's so many, I mean, but there's so many things in his deal. Like, he gets to have all his own stuff around him, yeah. like, all this art, and he gets to wear these suits. And and I like that they're kind of building it up slow, because if you think of in the first yeah you know, episode that he was, um, he was in this apartment, you know, and he's showering and then the FBI guy just, yeah. you know, he has to stand there naked in front of the FBI guy. Yeah. yeah and of course, think yeah. he gets a, a knife and fork instead of a spork to eat. What, what phase do you think that <laughs> comes into play? <laughs> I think by yeah, now. he always asks for the spork. <laughs> so, oh, I love that scene, by the way, like when, when, uh, with the spork and it's like, if we're being honest, that's not how I thought this was going to go. And they're like, with a spork. I love that. At least to be a teacher. The, um, it's great. Uh, the, the fact that he's now kind of evolved into wearing the white suits is interesting, too. Like, mm-hmm. in the first season, he was always wearing dark co- colors, and then he, like, it had evolved to gray after um, he had met his girlfriend and stuff, and they started dating, and she started... Yeah, and Vanessa gray. chose it, chose the gray suit yeah. for him. And now he's kind of yeah. gone all the way to comic book Wilson Fisk. He's, he's wearing the white suit. <laughs> Yeah, he just needs the rose in the lapel and the white, you know, shirt underneath. Um, this is also when we we get that great shot of him sitting there and all of the, the monitors are reporting that Daredevil's being blamed for the attack on the bulletin. 
and he's just sitting there smiling yeah. and it was very comic book yeah. I loved it yeah. yeah it was great it was oh it was per- perfect kingpin yeah loved it um so when was it sorry um I'm just trying to think when we next see him we next see him when Nadim is coming in Oh, when uh, so we next scene when Nadim is coming in. Talk us through it, Tammy. I can't find it in my notes. Oh, that was just what we had already talked about that scene because we talked about oh, okay. it. Nadim tells him the story of yeah, uh, Jim, Jiggy, Jiggy, or yeah. And I think that's it because that's how we sort of end Fisk's story in this episode is with um, you know uh, just seeing you know his accomplishment of framing Daredevil, and we don't see Dex at all in that second episode. I don't think, do we? No. I, I will say, though, I, they've asked um, Karen, like, a couple times, or Karen, and Karen's trying to, obviously, she knows that that's not Matt, who's Daredevil, or dressed up as Daredevil, and then, you know, Ellison asked about it, and all this, and I'm just thinking, like, you should say something about that man's wonderful jawline, because his jawline, <laughs> seriously, like, I noticed it before, but when he's just wearing the mask, and that's all you can see, I'm like, yeah. that is, I mean, look. Charlie Cox is an attractive man, but he does not have this guy's jawline at all. I mean, this guy, like, Wilson Bethel, was was potentially going to play Captain America, and you can see why with that jawline. I'm like, poke an eye out with that jawline. It's so sharp. So many angles. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. He does do the underlying creepy, though, a little bit better oh, than you sure. want a, a uh, Captain America to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, and Chris Evans is perfect as, as Captain oh, yeah. America, I think. Yeah, me too. He's so all-American. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. Yeah. We skipped over yeah. a couple Ray things, but I don't think they're super important. Um, yeah, we didn't really talk about Ray that much, but... Yeah, I mean... There's time. There's time. Well, I mean, when, there was... You know, when he comes uh, back. The wife, the wife calling and him lying and saying he wasn't there, and, then, uh, and that he was going to show up for some sort of family event to show Sammy he's okay... And then later on, confronting the warden, and uh, and the warden goes in and asks for a lawyer. <laughs> so you know he's obviously on it. He's just got that growing frustration with everything because every time, I mean, he should be able to get this information like from the warden and from whoever, and you know, and he's just getting blocked at every turn. And I think that's great that it shows later. You know, when Matt comes to talk to him, he is at least willing to listen. Mm-hmm. Because he clearly knows something is is happening. Yeah. Even if he doesn't know what. The warden being... Yeah, I love it. It's great. The warden being in on it and asking for a lawyer reminds me of... So last time you were talking about how um, Fisk had everything set up for Matt uh, in episode four to, uh, to attack him and stuff. But for me, I wasn't sure if... Was that all set up to kill Foggy originally and then Matt happened to step into the trap? Or was it that uh, because... Matt showed up instead of Foggy, then uh, Fisk on the fly set up the attack on him. I was thinking it was the second one. Mm. But it, Yeah, I thought it was the second one. But it'd be super creepy if he was trying to make Foggy be, um, or like he was planning on killing Foggy and he just happened to catch Matt instead who could wriggle away. Tammy, do you think Foggy will last this season? Yeah. Why? Do you think Karen will? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we shall have to wait and see. So you think um both Foggy and Karen will survive the season? Yes. Yep. And you're you're happy about both. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she 
And it's hard for me because I, I don't like Karen, the character, but the actress is mm-hmm. fantastic. She's amazing. Yeah, so agreed. It, she is like the <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel for that character for me because I'm like, well, I get to see her act and she's really, really good. So, but mm-hmm. I just, her, her character is the most unbelievable character in all of Marvel for me. <laughs> like, I cannot believe I think I think we that. joked, Rebecca and I, that when Ellison, you know, like, when he was stabbed, if he died, we were like, oh, well, Karen would obviously become editor. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what would happen, you know? <laughs> like, I remember we joked about that because, yeah, it's just, it's just so crazy that she's... I think she's a more interesting person in this than she was in the comic books, at least the early one. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, if, definitely. if you find her irritating in this, just if you want, read the original uh, Daredevil, like the first couple years of it, she was basically the love-struck girl, uh, girl that was uh, fawning over him, and he kept pushing away because he was blind, so therefore she couldn't possibly, um, he didn't just... Dis- how can she, how can she be with me, a blind man? <laughs> <laughs> and... So she kept oh, him and he kept on pushing her away and oh, it just goes on and on and on. And then he pretended to be his own fictional sighted twin, you know, that you know, that's how yes. it goes. As, yeah. as one does. As one and does, then, we've all been there. That he was jealous of himself uh, pretending to be yep. his twin because she was interested in well well basically she was interested in both of them, but <laughs> yeah. So in here, yes, she doesn't always make the best choices, but at least she's an interesting character who actually is has her own willpower and her own um, storyline, and she's willing to... Yes. Know, maybe she is risking her life more than she probably should and making choices that aren't necessarily always wise, but at least she's making choices and not just sitting around waiting yeah. for some guy to agree that she... No, no, for sure. Yeah, I just yeah. I just think like everything they have her do is so unbelievable. Just I'm like like even just her job is just that's not believable oh, yeah. to me. And I, when I, she gets people to talk, quote unquote talk, I'm just like, you spent three seconds with these people. They don't even like you when they meet you and somehow they're sharing their life story with you. Like it's so her character It's her superpower. It's it's so um it's like I believe Matt hearing paper over Karen getting people to talk. Like I just it's so <laughs> crazy. But again, the, the, the actress and and yes, I agree. She's not a damsel in distress, which I love. Yeah. And the actress is is great, amazing. But it's just one of those like every time anything happens to her, I just laugh because I'm just like, of course, because it's Karen. So whatever. <laughs> So yes, I do not believe she that's will die. So that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's somehow immune. Yeah, she's, she's totally immune. <sighs> uh, so um, yeah, well, let's get into some Easter eggs, guys. I hope you're feeling hungry. You haven't had any for two weeks. I know, I'm starved. Num 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 num. So um, speaking about Karen, there actually is a little quote from Deborah Ann Wool. Uh, about this episode, and I'm reading this from Den of Geek. So it says, Ahem, you will note that Karen Page and Matt Murdock most certainly do not have coffee together in this scene. Symbolic? I mean, Luke Cage kind of ruined that beverage for any character <laughs> pairing for the entire Marvel Netflix universe, didn't he? Here's an amusing thing Deborah Ann Wall told reporters while this season was filming. Uh, quote, 
You know what happened? On our Marvel shows, we are no longer to just actually literally go for coffee as characters because of that euphemism. We've literally had scenes where I'm like, all right, well, let's go get some coffee. Literally, let's get coffee. And they're like, no, 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 you can't say that because people will read into it. Isn't that too bad? End quote. Well, they went for coffee in uh, Defender. Oh, they did. Mm. But it was literally coffee. (laughs) Literally coffee. Literal coffee. Yes. Uh, Dex's increasing derangement as he feels his world unraveling almost feels a little like one of Bullseye's earliest appearances during the early days of Frank Miller's legendary tenure on the Daredevil comics. At one point, Bullseye had a brain tumour and it affected his perceptions and his already shady behaviour pretty dramatically. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Do they have... Any- there are two... Sorry. Oh, go on, sorry. Do they have any about um, Dex holding, dressed up as Daredevil, holding the gun, looking like that cover? Uh, I don't think they mention the cover exactly, but it does look a lot like the the, um, the Russian roulette cover. Yeah. Um, and we also get that scene in the in season two of Daredevil where Matt's holding the gun, or it's the tape to his hand, and it looks like that cover as well, which is pretty cool. Um, It does say there are two massive parallels to the comics in this episode. One involves Bullseye, the other doesn't. In Born Again, Fisk hired an unbalanced person to masquerade as Daredevil. But in the case of this show, that unbalanced person is actually Bullseye. But Bullseye did spend some time in the Daredevil costume himself during Anne Lucenti and Lee Weeks' underrated period on the character. Bullseye ended up convincing himself that he actually was Daredevil for a while. So there are there are comparisons between Daredevil and Bullseye because both kind of convince themselves that they are people that they're not, like we said about his fictional sighted brother. Um, <laughs> that was slightly less. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, him dressed up in the Daredevil costume and throwing the bully, uh, the Billy Club at uh, sidekick character, sort of a yeah. comic book things too which is why i went oh uh that wasn't intentionally exactly <laughs> um, definitely uh go on elizabeth just talk about other ones you noticed while uh while i uh search for this well that was the main thing that i was thinking of um although one thing i was curious about have they had any stan lee posters yet because i haven't seen any well i haven't seen any but in this episode when everyone's running out of the new york bulletin there's a guy that runs past that really looks like Stan Lee. It's not Stan Lee, uh-huh. but it's almost like they've dressed this extra up to look like Stan Lee. I tried to get a photo <laughs> of it, but I couldn't. I didn't notice. So I did think, is that meant to be the Stan Lee cameo? Like, <laughs> really? Because he hasn't but, um, been in any of them. He was just a picture in all of them. All yeah, the he's the commissioner. He was in that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's just him as the, um, you know, the commissioner. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't. I haven't noticed him on any of the posters, and I haven't seen it, you know, kind of pointed out or anything. The only other thing. That- um, yeah, for some reason they only have Easter eggs up to episode seven, so they have only done half my job for me, and that means I have to do the rest. <laughs> the only other thing I would say is uh, Karen's dad not being a super nice guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in um, th- th- they actually have the same name as in the comics, Paxton, because that's been mentioned already. In the comics, he's not a nice guy. Um, do you want? 
<laughs> Should we tell Tammy more? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really spoilerize the the, mo- or the TV show at all. It's just, he turns out to be a bad guy in the comic books. Oh. He's a little crazy. <laughs> but it doesn't Yeah, he, he, Yeah, he's a little kooky. Yeah. Um, and he's in one of the, um, in the actual issue in which uh, Karen finds out that Matt is Daredevil. Yes. Which takes way longer than you would think, but not as long as it takes Foggy to find out that Matt is Daredevil. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> He took several decades. She only took, uh, like, a decade and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how long it took Foggy. Uh, right, well, anyway, let's go into quotes then. So, Elizabeth, I will hand to you first. You said you had a quote. Oh, yeah, I have several. Hold on, let me see. Uh, well, there's Karen. Uh, an early one is uh, Karen talking to Matt saying, yeah, if you say it was to protect me, I'm seriously going to throw up. On why he didn't explain why he was uh, still alive. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Tammy, have you got any quotes? Oh, yeah. I have the most questionable quote from any of the series <laughs> that I've <laughs> So much so, because Josie's actually been watching ahead of us, because she's nice. really been into this ser- series, so she can't wait for me anymore. Uh, and she came to tell me, Mom, there's something you have to hear. I can't wait till you get to <laughs> Which is a foggy quote. They're only all up in our chili because they're looking for Matt. <laughs> what is all up in our chili? Like, that is not a big foggy. You're not allowed to say that. It's bizarre. So just like bitch cakes with Jessica oh, yeah. Jones saying bitch cakes, Tammy, you're going to add this to your vocabulary. I'm not adding all up in my chili. Nope. That Don't get sounds, all up in my chili. sounds so wrong. Foggy <laughs> having a food-related <laughs> quote is not necessarily out of character. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All up in my chili. Uh, I have a quote. It is uh, Matt. After he gives Foggy the wallet, he says, I want to put some money in it, but I'm a little behind with my rent. <laughs> yes, I had that one. Uh, uh, do, you, do you want to do a quote with me, Elizabeth? Which one? You can say to me, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I'm Daredevil. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> about uh, Ellison talking about the the insurance package. Anyway, in other news, our illustrious publisher in his infinite wisdom has decided to change our health coverage (laughs) yet again. You should get your enrollment package sometime in the next week. I've already had a chance to look at it. My advice to you is try not to get sick. (laughs) (laughs) Makes it sound like a very Jonah Jameson. He would have gotten the cheapest insurance plan absolutely possible. Oh, I would love for them to have Jonah Jameson. Oh. I have a feeling that they, um, going off topic for a sec, I've got a feeling that with um, Spider-Man, we're not going to have, you know, Spider-Man in the MCU, maybe, after yeah. um, after Venom has done so good. I've got a feeling that uh, Sony will be like, gimme, 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 mm. um, and try and take it back yeah. and probably mess it up again. Yeah. Well, they've got a lot more of money on, on teaming up, so... Just not as much money if they did it by themselves. Yeah, but Sony are very greedy, and it's their only big character, really, Spider-Man. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I have another quote, which is, I'm Daredevil, the real one. (laughs) I've got one uh, that Matt says to Maggie. Could just be adding style to my beatings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had that one. Where she was just shocked. Did you just make a joke? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, he's making jokes at the start and then he gets to be Mopey Matt again. Yeah. But he's he's angry Mopey Matt, so that's fine. Uh, 
I also like, because in that same conversation, she says, well, it's nice to hear you use the F word. (laughs) (laughs) In that conversation, too, she says, uh, calling you an idiot for believing that your friends make you weaker rather than stronger. That would be a criticism. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, Any other quotes, guys? Um, I have the parallel ones between uh, what Foggy was saying and what uh, Maggie was saying, which is pretty much the same thing. Uh, Foggy saying, people have bailed on Matt his whole life, and I'm not going to be one of them. And then Maggie saying, everyone in Matt's life, or everyone in Matthew's life abandoned him, including me. When someone in need tries to push you away, you have to find the strength to hold on tighter. Mm-hmm. So. And also in that same conversation, Maggie says, he held the record for the most Hail Marys five years running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you know what it means. Yeah. Now I understand. Yay. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny when Moira was reading my letter. <laughs> and then she started cracking up. And and, uh, and then she said the same thing that I said later in the letter. And she's like, I really didn't read ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much yeah. for that letter. Because I was like, oh. Yeah. like yeah. Very helpful. Yeah. I'm laughing in my car, driving into work. Anyone seeing me <laughs> passing on the highway would have been like, what the heck is wrong with that lady? <laughs> Uh, let's rate these episodes, guys. Uh, Elizabeth, do you want to go first? Uh, yes. So the f- episode six, I gave it eight out of ten lethal office supplies because <laughs> it had good character development and uh, and the action stuff, so that balanced out really well. Um, and I like the fact that even though they're not all in the same place at the same time throughout the episode, but the gang is back together. They're all at least facing the same direction. <laughs> Between uh, Foggy and, and Karen and Matt. So, uh, 8 out of 10 on that one. And nice. then, what did I say on the other one? I have to find it. Oh, and the second one I didn't mind, or I didn't like as much. It was more building towards the next episode, which I love. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, had to bite my tongue and not say anything about that one yet. But uh, you guys have a treat coming. Uh, but anyway, uh, so instead, I... Uh, gave it seven out of ten bridging plot lines because it's a lot of building towards what's coming next. Definitely so. agreed. Nice. Yeah, the okay. next few episodes are my favorite ones. I think of the whole season. Oh. Uh, Tamalama Ding Dong. I am loving, loving, loving this season. I love these two episodes. I liked six slightly better than seven, but not by much. Um, uh, so six, I gave a nine and a half out of ten Daredevil lookalikes. Uh, <laughs> the fight, the way that Dex is portrayed, like he's such a fucking creeper. Like I want to feel bad for him, but I can't because he's so goddamn creepy. <laughs> and uh, I even felt bad for that Jasper Evans guy. Like I felt terrible for him. <laughs> like just, oh, like he just he wanted, he actually wanted to do the right thing. He was serving yeah. his time in prison, and it's not like he was trying to escape or get out. Like, he was given, and it wasn't even that he was offered something positive to get out. He was, we've learned, you know, it was just his son was being threatened, and he was told to get out. Like, it, it's just so sad. Um, yeah. Also, I had another note I forgot to mention on that episode. Uh, Dan says that the press room that Matt walks through walks through is a super authentic looking oh nice because dan worked in the press newspaper press so he's like he goes everything in that he goes they must have just got like regular equipment to put in there or something he's like everything looks super authentic uh and then the next episode i gave nine out of ten ray is not making it through the season uh i <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I love it. I Fisk in bed was the best. <laughs> I just thought it was great. Nadim, I love him. Uh, sorry, my nose. Karen is terrible. But Faki and Marcy are great. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, I, are I we now think that Foggy and Marcy have the best relationship in this universe? Oh, it's pretty know. good. It's pretty good. But you know what? It's we, pretty good. We just didn't see as... I, ha- I still haven't seen enough of them to say that they have the best relationship. So Yeah. Because during Luke Cage, <laughs> we were saying that the two bad guys had the best relationship, oh, yeah. which was And then we were saying that Colleen and, and uh, Danny... Yeah, I still think Colleen and Danny are winning, even though I hate yeah. them together. And now they're not together, so whatever. But <laughs> it makes me happy. <laughs> and they're never going to get back together again because they've been canceled. <laughs> exactly. They've ended on a positive note. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoopsie. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, <laughs> Claire. I think the best relationship in the shows is the relationship that Ward has with my heart. Oh. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but now he's broken because he's been cancelled <laughs> I know so so sad seriously guys I'm like I need board back I don't even care if <coughs> my voice is really going I don't even care if Danny's back I want Ward back yeah. it can be called Ward, Ward Fist maybe he'll guest star in The Punisher uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think Frank would put up with his sass no, I don't think all. so either that's why I said it <laughs> He'd last about five minutes. I think he'd last five seconds. He'd get a bullet to the head. Oh, oh, yes. Well, part of the five minutes is the blood draining out of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, episode six, uh, I am going to give it uh, nine out of ten snow globes to the head. <laughs> I loved it. I loved the fight in the bulletin. I loved all the little foggy and map moments. I... I loved it. It was great. So, yeah, that got nine out of ten snow globes to the head. And episode seven, um, I liked not as much as the other one. Uh, I was missing Dex. I really felt like we needed Dex in that straight after that bulletin fight. But I will give it eight out of ten. I will give it eight out of ten loving on the couch. So that gives... (laughs) Episode 6, an average of 8.8 out of 10, and Episode 7, an average of 8 out of 10. So, Tammy, you like both episodes more than average. Super fan. Yeah, that's it. I'm a super fan. (laughs) Yep, you're a regular old super fan. It was the office supplies flying across the room that did it. I'm I'm really into office supplies, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But, Tammy, if they visited your old office... Like Bullseye, <coughs> sorry, Dex would have been uh, uh, attacking Daredevil with uh, little like jelly beans and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, like little. Yeah, the great. Been shooting jelly beans across the office. <laughs> yeah, you said we had that giant cabinet of candy, uh-huh. didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twizzlers would have been strangling people. It would have been a, a mess, really. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Now it is time for some feedback. Tammy, would you be able to read one as I cannot speak anymore? Um, I think we're both going to have to. <laughs> sure, yeah, I don't think we have options there, Cleric. <laughs> yeah, my voice is really going. Uh, we've got one from Sedna, Tammy. Oh, you need to boy. do your uh, best uh, Will impersonation. Oh, that's, that's difficult. 
All right, that should be in there now. It starts with a lovely bitter reunion. And it's from the lovely Sedna. So you have to do your best Will or Mel mm, no, or Sedna I, I impression. Think I think I'm just going to read it. <laughs> that's, I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, all right. <laughs> a lovely bitter reunion of Matt and Karen. Of course she changes her mind about helping him after some poignant words from Foggy and Maggie reminding her how much trauma and abandonment Matt has dealt with in his life. In his life, heart breaks into a million pieces. Yay! Team Avocado is back. Yum, that makes me hungry. With a plan, a witness, the return of Matt's stylish round glasses. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Fisk is pulling Dex's strings like a master puppeteer, and I fucking love the swarm of bees sound that plays whenever he retreats into his mind. After Felix takes him him for a fitting with Melvin, OMG, I hate to say it, but, (laughs) but Wilson Bethel... With his height and square jaw, looks more like comics Daredevil than Charlie does in the red suit. By the way, I'm fucking thrilled he's back in the black vigilante outfit as it's hot as fuck. And I love, <laughs> <laughs> and I love how this time it's all frayed and bandaged like, ooh, the metaphors. <laughs> Cue ridiculous office equipment cubicle fight. Foggy getting some brave punches in. Oh, yeah, that's right. We didn't really talk about Foggy getting some punches in. Uh, Several dead at Daredevil's hands and Matt spared like some sort of St. Sebastian of stationery. (laughs) 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 Uh, Sending him bloodied back to the crypt after making sure Foggy's okay. My heart. Good job, Maggie. Maggie's as good at stitching as Claire was. Uh, Also, I, I... Sorry, away from the email... I was shocked how few people were murdered in that office scene. <laughs> I think it was only like three or something. I think yeah, it was between a... three and five. Yeah. It's just like a bunch of people injured. And I was like, oh, that was it? It seemed like a lot more. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Fisk's house imprisonment is enhanced now by nearly all the art he needs for Vanessa's return and a proper supervillain CCTV lounge. Thank fuck Ellison's going to be okay. And fuck Karen's job. <laughs> all the the phones going off (laughs) all the phones going off in the evidence bags though cries melvin and betsy oh and i love them betsy is a badass sweetheart yay gladiator saw blades fight no he's caught that means if we get a season four matt will have to stay in the black vigilante gear hurrah Uh, Karen's heartbreaking call to her dad, though, weeps for days. Fucking hell. Matt, Matt's in Ray's house. How? Did Karen give him a little, a lift out of the burbs? <laughs> out to the burbs, yeah. Out to the burbs. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> got in a cab. He took like a bus. <laughs> you phoned up Moon Knight and was like, hey, Moon Knight, give me a lift in your cab. <laughs> and I, th- I think that's it. That's all. awesome thank you Sedna Sedna. I always think that Sedna explodes with joy at the end of her emails (laughs) (laughs) just for clarification I don't know all the saints so I can't really say about uh, Uh, Saint Sebastian or any of the other ones (laughs) I only I only know about Saint Sebastian I don't know why he was like impaled and stuff but I know that in the movie Carrie obviously I know him from a horror movie in the movie Carrie <laughs> Carrie has to she has like a creepy little statue of Saint Sebastian in her cupboard that her mum locks her in 
and he's impaled by like several arrows and spears and stuff because later on spoilers when carrie murders her mum uh, she impales her mum with kitchen implements in the same places so her mum kind of represents saint sebastian ah good to know yeah yeah we heard a lot of saint stories growing up but i never really remembered which one was which my favorite one was the one that was being grilled and he, he told them that uh, he was done on one side and they should flip him over. <laughs> there were a lot of really gross stories about this, the martyrs. So, <laughs> uh, I have an email from, I have two emails from Nuchas. Uh, Elizabeth, would you like to read these? One is for sure. episodes three and four and one is for five, uh, no, four and five and one's for six and seven. So there's two sure. of them. Is that all right? This is the one for the first two episodes. So going back a bit. Um, yeah, let me scooch up to the top. And it starts with, I thought I had been sending my feedback while I was watching. <laughs> ah, here we go. I thought I'd been sending my feedback while I was watching, but I can't find the emails in my send folder. So hopefully I can catch up with my reactions of the time <laughs> and fit and fix it so my episodes match up with yours. General things, I love Sister Maggie. I think I wrote that, but she's my fave new character. I agree. Also, <laughs> listening to Claire talk about Sorcha Sor Sor oh, and Val Kilmer confusion, I am right there with you. I didn't realize she was Sorcha until last night, and wow, that reminded me of girlho girlhood crushing on her. I oh, also yeah. love Nadim. I love that we have a non-white character that has a traditional name and family and his race and religion aren't the focus of his character, just a facet. This is an amazing and not something we see. Oh, this is amazing and not something we see for people in his demographic at all. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Episode four, blindsided. Not sure if this is in episodes I missed feedback for, but shame on Matt for seeing Foggy if he wants to be nothing but the devil. That's not fair. And stealing his bar card putting foggy in danger uh putting foggy in danger matt but this prison scene is awesome the fighting is great for the most part there are some flubs but okay and matt has an iron jaw and skull for sure <laughs> seriously <laughs> there are a few things i was thinking about that just couldn't happen and then the cliffhanger explains that this was all part of fisk's plan Fisk is a MFing <laughs> master. <laughs> I'll let you translate that yourself. Uh, just look what he's doing with Dex. And yes, I did totally track when Charlie ducks out and Chris jumps into the scene. Very well done when you aren't cutting a scene. Foggy yeah. running for DA is brilliant and scary because while he may be in the spotlight and not able to be hit now, he has a lot of people he cares about. I wonder what Jerry thinks of this. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, you yeah. Really talk Karen is asking for trouble and really leading with her gun. Actually, is he working for her now or is he working for the other two? Because she split off. Oh, no, he'll still be working for the other two then, unless she took him with her, I guess. Yeah, they never really say. Yeah. All right, back to the letter. Maybe we'll find uh, out in Jessica Jones season three. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Karen is asking for trouble and really leading with her gun. Karen, you aren't Frank Castle. Nadine, <laughs> don't lie to your family. I like Tammy, but her telling him to lie about the danger to his family is all wrong. Oh, by the way, uh, so am I the only one who was thinking her dad was the one who was running, who was driving the truck that crashed and caused Matt to go blind? Because everyone oh, was talking yeah. about whether or not it was the one that uh, crashed into Jessica Jones' family Jessica, and gave her yeah. the power. But I was thinking it was the one that crashed for Matt. 
Well, the Matt one was a Rand truck, wasn't it? Yeah, but she didn't say what company he worked for, did she? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Just the the type of chemical was really bad. So, anyway, sorry. Keep going straight. I like Tammy, but her telling him to lie about the danger to his family is all wrong. I know a lot of people who do this in the military, and it only just separates you from your family. You can't rely on them, and your lying to them pushes them away from you. Also, if they ever find out the truth, you've blown every amount of trust you ever had. You can't just rebuild that. I know of a person who lied to their kids, told them they stayed in camp and never touched guns. When they were out and injured, it was others who had to break the hearts of the family to tell them that not only had they been lying to them, but they were injured, making the whole incident much worse. To survive, you need to be honest with your family, and while it is scary, that honesty will establish a stronger relationship and a safe place when you come home. Episode 5, The Perfect Game. Okay, Dex has a scary past. This is not the bullseye of the comics, right? This is a whole new story, right? Mm-hmm. Foggy telling Karen is awesome. Oh, yeah, so the answer is yes. <laughs> that is the uh, Foggy telling Karen is awesome because he said he wouldn't lie to her again, and he didn't. I agree. I really like that, too. Why did Matt do this? Oh, why did Matt go to his apartment? He could have been dead otherwise. Karen has to face that thing she did in season one. Yes. Finally, there is so much I want to know about or see with Karen from season one, and finally we are getting that. Yes, I like that too. <laughs> yes. Uh, Foggy is the man. I love how he's handling himself and coming into his own. Anyway, Fisk is a mastermind again, and I love it. This is what makes him so great, and we are seeing this masterfully shown. I'm loving this season. I'm likely going to finish this before I guessed. Sorry, Tammy and Will. Well, how could you Shocking. <laughs> Shocking behavior, Nutty. I did um, not resist. I, well, I watched <laughs> up to these episodes because I was trying really hard not to get into spoiler land. So I was like, all right, yeah. I need to to set where the walls are on this. <laughs> um, I will carry on her feedback for episode six and seven. Episode six, the devil you know, she says, Foggy is solid. His advice about how Matt bailing on them is on Matt's, but how they act is on them. And the only thing they can control. It doesn't mean being a doormat all the time, but it means making your decisions based on your own morals and not in reaction to how you feel about something. I love that. Me too. Karen is really good at getting into that crack den. I I like that we see her struggle with helping Matt. Shooting up a newspaper is a bit too close to home considering this past year and tensions. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Dex flipped really fast, which shocked me, and yet not so much, because wasn't he just waiting for someone to tell him he could do these things? He needed permission, and Fisk has the things he needs to feel in control, an orderly living space, etc., and he can be his new North Star. So now Fisk has framed both Matt and Daredevil. Everyone thought they had him, and you'd think having the body of the guy that shanked Fisk would be enough, but nah, this is Fisk. He's thought of something, right? Horrifying episode for sure. Uh, episode seven deborah ann wall's acting is amazing she had me through this whole episode that shot of the cell phones ringing was chilling and likely one of the most powerful scenes ever agree i get that the people from the paper don't want to see her and when ellison asked who daredevil was all i could think was remember he worked for fisk in the past and got ben dead at the end when karen calls home and her dad says no that was a dagger through the heart f you dad Clearly he, like the town, blames Karen, but why? Being told you can't come home is one of the most crushing things in the world. 
how did I become a foggy Marcy shipper? How is it that Marcy is an awesome character and this hookup turned into a serious relationship where they are totally shipworthy? We finally learn who Betsy is and I love her, even though her relationship to Melvin is inappropriate for sure. I also really love Melvin and was so sad to see him having to work for Fisk. Fisk thinks of everything. Then Matt gets him gets him to fight with him and then leave him. Oh, Matt, how could you? Betsy is right about you. I heart Melvin forever. Me too. <laughs> Plus, second episode where Matt beats up FBI guys who are supposed to be good guys. Sigh. I can see Matt and Nadine teaming up, but something tells me, like Melvin, this won't be good for Nadine. Thank you, Nutty. Thank that was you, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, that was our feedback. I should mention, if you heart Melvin forever, Nutty, you should listen to, and I think I mentioned it last time as well, the Scratch the Surface podcast by EJ Scott, because he's just done an interview, or just released an interview with the actor that plays Melvin. So that's my next one I need to listen to. He's done loads of that. He also interviewed um, uh, Joanne Wally, who plays Sister Maggie. So all, lots of awesome interviews. Go listen to them. Right, guys, now I need to tell you what's going to happen next week. And Tammy, feel free to guess. You know that oh, it's okay. the best episode <laughs> ever next week. <laughs> you know that already. Uh, yes, I spoilerized that it's a good episode. Okay, so episode eight next week is Upstairs, Downstairs. A desperate Dex reaches out for help. Matt forms an, an easy alliance with Agent Nadim, and Karen concocts a dangerous plan to provoke Fisk. Of course she does. Um, and episode nine, Revelations. <laughs> uh, revelations. Oh, Tammy, what could be revealed? <laughs> Matt's already shaky world tilts when he learns a shocking truth. Karen runs for her life. Nadine discovers how deep Fisk's influence runs. And then dies. Oh, and then dies. <laughs> oh, no. So that is next week. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you for guesting with us. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you online? Uh, just lurking on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Putting comments on your Being a regular Matt Murdock and just turning up in places and lurking. Yes. Yes. Nice. That is all I do. Awesome. <laughs> nice uh awesome and tammy have you got anything to promote uh just calavici fashion cast we are in wacky uh, times yeah well yeah definitely why we're in evil leaper return times it's interesting um and we only have like six more episodes left or something like that yeah i, I was looking That's at crazy. that list yesterday yeah so yeah so exciting. if you want to guess with us on quantum leap you need to contact us very soon Yes, I was looking at the list, and there was only uh, yeah, there's one person signed up for each of those days. So yeah, yeah, so they're they're open for another guest for each of those episodes. So. Yes. Uh, okay, so as as usual, we're going to sign off the episode. We usually get our guests, sorry, to sign off the episode with an Excelsior, um, but for this week, we're all going to do it, and I'm also going to add the Excelsiors that all of our listeners, our lovely listeners, have sent in. Um, just to give a shout out and a thank you to Stanley for helping to create these awesome characters that we've been covering, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put that very well, but we really appreciate you guys sending it in and um, uh, and yeah. So should we do one, two, three? Yep. Sure. One, two, three. Excelsior! 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 Excelsior!
Excelsior. 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 True believers, R.I.P. Stan. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Defenders Podcast or on Twitter at Defenders Pod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!